Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-lang-a-lang. Wants to call you on the telephone, baby. I give you a ring. But each time we talk, I get the same old Are we back on? Oh, freaking A, yeah. You're listening to Tony Bruno, unfiltered, uncensored, unintelligible. <laughs> I know him. I know him. Here is Tony Bruno. It's about freaking time. Are we on now? Yes. God. Jesus. This was longer than they walking the impeachment articles up through the steps of the Capitol yesterday inside the rotunda. Rotunda? Well, I do need to go on a diet. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it's Tony and Miss Robin. Thank you all for your patience. And the ride has now resumed. As I posted, yes. you know, when, they, when, when you're on a Disneyland ride and it stops or any amusement park, especially the big ones that have all the fancy bells and whistles, please stand by. The attraction is momentarily stopped. Well, Please it wasn't momentary. Your... I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> how long it takes because if I have to do a full boot of the reputer, a c- reputer, reputer, computer and reboot every single program, this is how long it takes. Plus there was a stupid effing Windows update. I want Bill Gates taken away in cuffs right now. Impeach yeah. Bill Gates. Damn Impeach I... everybody at Microsoft. Meanwhile, we are back on the air. Thank you everybody for your patience. People were saying it was Luigi's fault. It wasn't Luigi's fault. It wasn't Robin's fault. And it certainly wasn't my fault. It was Windows. Windows. From the windows to the walls. Because when you have to reboot your computer and Windows is saying that you have to do an update, there is no option to not do it. It you got to do there's, it. There's only two things. You can't you... say, remind me in tomorrow morning. No, no. When, it's just like it, it you know, says. You see that on your computer. Right. You need an update. Install now. Uh, remind me tonight. Remind me tomorrow morning. Do it do, overnight. You right. can you can put it off if you don't have to turn your computer off. But if you have to turn your computer off, there are only two options that it gives you: uh, re uh, update and shut down, or update and restart. And I had to do. And the now people, restart. of course, will say, "Well, why don't you have Apple? We do have Apple products, but unfortunately, the system that we use to transmit on Robin's computer is a PC." Because it's not compatible with Apple right now. Is that correct, Robin? That is correct. So as much as we love, we have Apple computers. So this isn't about a, well, you know, we should if we had iOS, it would happen. It doesn't even accept iOS. For the most part, yes. For the most part. So it's not about we favor one over the other. I have a big, gigantic Apple. I would actually prefer to have a uh, Mac, if at all possible. You know what we should have done? We're on, and it sounds good now. Thank you. Yeah. We have an update. But, of course, it's not DOS boot. It's a reboot. It's a reboot. And you know what we really, really needed to get this thing started? We needed Odell Beckham Jr. to come in here and slap your computer right on the ass like he did to a security guard inside the, uh, <laughs> inside the Superdome the other night. Bad enough that he was giving out what was first reported to be fake money to players on the sidelines as an LSU alum and obviously a guy with a lot of cash. And last yesterday, I guess, a security guard whose ass he slapped. I saw the video. So 
let me get to that because we got breaking news. We want to thank everybody. We were telling our stories about where yes. we've been the last couple of days. Not a, our neighbor died a couple of days ago. We went to the funeral on Monday. And then yesterday, we knew that my son, A.J. Bruno Jr., we just call him, call him A.J. He doesn't even like He likes Anthony. No, he he likes doesn't Anthony even like now. A.J. Nah, he you doesn't, doesn't have to call him Anthony. You don't have to call him A.J. You don't have to. It's Anthony A.J. Bruno Anthony. and his beautiful wife, Sarah, Sarah Bruno, who last year lost a child almost exactly a year to the date when they mm-hmm. tried to get pregnant yep. for the first time. And 19 weeks in, she went into labor, and they lost their little boy. And then they tried again after all the drama that comes with it and I mean, the depression and all the things that happen when you really, really want a child. And that's what bugs me about all this pro-abortion, pro-life stuff. Know, Listen, we... people are desperate for children. And people want to adopt children, and it's hard to do it. But I'm not going to get into long soliloquy. Luckily, this time around... Sarah went through labor, got to 24 weeks. They put her in the hospital when her water broke. And she's been in the hospital for a couple of weeks where they were able to continue to pump in magnesium and other things to keep uh, the baby safe. Right, it's to help the baby, uh, the lung development go a little bit faster and brain development a little bit faster with some of the drugs that they have now for uh, preterm labor. And she was able to keep the baby in for another two and a half weeks, just long enough for him to reach uh, just past 29 and a half weeks. Correct. And uh, uh, he had enough of the special miracle drugs, as far as I'm concerned, in for him to uh, breathe on his own. He did not have to have a um, any oxygen. They thought he was going to, but he didn't. He's no, breathing he's on breathing his, on his own, and we got to go down there yesterday. miraculous. He looks absolutely perfect. And, uh, and obviously, you know, and a lot of people will thank all the people yesterday who were sending texts about, you know, people who have had preemie babies. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there was one there was one person who said that her or his or her daughter was born at twenty nine and a half weeks, almost exactly the same weight, everything, and is now 19 years old, is doing fantastic. And those stories just make us feel so much better knowing that the likelihood of anything bad happening is so slim now. I mean, he's he's doing so fantastic. Yeah, the the neonatal the neonatal intensive care units in most great hospitals now are just phenomenal. These people are amazing at what they do. Children born two pounds thirteen ounces have a much better chance of surviving after they've developed to the point of twenty nine yep. and a half weeks, where thankfully he looks great, the care is great. Yeah, and. We just, uh, you know, we just pray each day that he's going to be fine. And he looks great. I mean, his yeah. eyes were opening. He was moving around. Oh, he we had, heard him cry. He yeah. had a, he he had grabbed, a set of You know, he's grabbing fingers. Uh, so that's all good news. So that's what we did. We went down there. I drove yeah. down to Annapolis yesterday, which is a nice drive. Beautiful day through the country. I fooled Robin yelling, hey, every once in a while again as we're passing no, farms. No, you did not fool Robin. She didn't fall for it this time. No, but no. we're great. And thank you, everybody, for all the kind wishes. We're not the only people who have children. I always joke about you know when a celebrity has a kid everybody stops and makes a big deal out of it having a kid is easy to do but then having for some a grandchild people, is even easier <laughs> well yeah i had nothing to do with it except 42 years ago when uh, aj was born so my son's 42 and chris f29 tony does he have the same hair as you know he, he has, has more, more hair he has little more, dominic yeah, vincent yeah. bruno by the way i had nothing to do with the naming of the child I don't have anybody named Dominic in my family. I don't have anybody named Vincent. Well, in Vincent, my, my, Vincent was your my aunt's uncle. husband's name, yes. And my uncle. Yeah. But again, I don't tell my kids what to name their kids. I don't tell my kids what to think. All I did as a parent is have three wonderful children, tried to teach them right from wrong. They grew up to be adults, and they're all productive members of society. 
that's all you can do as a parent. So, I, you know, it's sort of like weird to be accepting congratulations for being a grandfather because, as I said, no, it's not. No, you... I'm, I'm happy. I love. I can't wait because you know how I am. You see how I am with little animals. You don't think now having a grandson and hopefully grows up and bees a, becomes a great human being? The Bruno name is going to go on. You don't think I'm going to be kissing that baby on the mouth, little, uh, <laughs> little, uh, little Dominic, as soon as he's able to kiss me on the mouth? Yes. You don't think I'll be playing with him and going crazy and crawling on the floor and doing all I kinds can, of infantile things? I can picture things? it now because you're gonna you're the because we weren't able to hold him yet. Um, mom and dad were able to hold him. And he's in the, uh, as we call it, the um, the spaceship, the the incubator, whatever they call it. I mean, it's it's high tech, you know, like the the top come goes up automatically, and the lights are on and blinking and everything. Um, but uh, they do this new thing called kangaroo therapy. Yes, where um, mom and dad take off their shirts i took my shirt off but i wasn't allowed to <laughs> touch know. the baby yet because um, uh, they take off their shirts and then they hold them on their chest and the skin to skin contact they have now shown that it actually mm. makes a huge difference their heart rate uh steadies um their breathing evens out it's very good therapy so they and they call that kangaroo therapy and um uh but while we were there um I don't even remember where I was going with this. No, the, the baby's it's doing fantastic. fine. I just it's checked fantastic. again this morning, and so less than uh, not even 48 hours after the baby's born, yeah. he's doing fine. And thank God for that, and we thank everybody for all the and well all wishes. The, and all the great care. Exactly. So meanwhile, let's get it back to the business, because yes. I mentioned the whole Odell Beckham thing, but that's not even the breaking news. I mean, since we've been on and went through the reboot, we have had even more breaking news, and we would like to thank the New York Metropolitans, the Houston Astros, and, of course, the Boston Red Sox, for participating with managers. I mean, we've had seven hockey coaches, head coaches fired already. This Seven coaches in the, wow. N in the NHL, including the most recent one yesterday when I was preparing for the show, and then we realized we had to get down to, a, to, down to Annapolis. You know, the Golden Knights fired Gerard Gallant yesterday. He was the seventh coach fired in the, in the NHL. Of course, the NFL now has all the head coaching vacancies filled. And there weren't that many. And now you got baseball managers getting the old heave-ho in record styles. Now, Carlos Beltran, who, of course, was part of the Houston Astros team mm -hmm. that finally faced the music a couple of days ago, and they suspended the manager and the general manager, who then later in the same day were fired, A.J. Hinch and the general manager in Houston. And so then, because Alex Cora was part of the Houston Astros, back in the day when they were cheating a couple of years ago. Alex Cora then went on and became, of course, the manager of right. the Boston Red Sox. He, too, had amazing success. And since he was part of that scandal, the Red Sox did what they're supposed to do. You cheated there. You probably were cheating in Boston. And I think there's a lot of evidence because his videos surfacing him of, of saying things. I don't want to see people get fired, unjustly especially. But the Red Sox said, hey, you know what, Alex? See ya. And then today... Of course, in New York, and it's not my style to rip, but Jessica Mendoza, former great athlete, of course, part of ESPN's Monday Night Baseball crew, mm -hmm. and also works for the New York Mets. She went on with my buddy Mike Golick this morning. Uh -huh. and was basically ripping people who were suggesting that Carlos Beltran should not be implicated in this, and therefore the Mets should not fire him. Of course, she works for the Mets. So what she got, she's going to have his back. I get that. 
But the bottom line is Carlos Beltran is as implicated in this whole debacle with the stealing signs thing as anybody else. And so just a few moments ago in the last half hour, Carlos Beltran under immense pressure. He hasn't even managed the game yet. Carlos Beltran under immense pressure was forced out by the New York Mets. So now the Mets, who just hired a manager after firing a manager, have to hire a manager. Luckily, he stepped down, as they say. Let me put the air quotes up, Robin. Carlos Beltran has stepped down one step at a time in the dugout, and then he stepped up and got his ass the hell out of there. And again, I'm not anti-Carlos Beltran or any of these people. Bottom line is, and, and for the people... Who were like, well, they've been cheating in baseball forever. And I said this last the other day when we were on the air and this story broke. It's not about just cheating and guys sitting in the bullpen looking and with binoculars. This is electronic surveillance. This is like what the government does. This is like what the FBI does. This isn't your basic, all right, hey, the guy at second base, so relay the sign. What's it going to be? A fastball, curveball? Can you learn the signs? Look at the third base catcher. Is it going to be a bunt? You know, that's why they have all these yeah. different signs. And everybody figures them out. But this level of cheating that the Astros and, of course, the Red Sox were involved yeah. in, and, well, of course, Carlos Beltran, who was part of the though. whole thing, this isn't just your basic, let me see if I can get a little right. head. Little... Or, or reading lips or exactly. anything like that. This was, this was utilizing technology to their advantage. Exactly. And this is what people want. They want accountability. They want people who do dirty deeds – even if they're not done dirt cheap. They want, you know, it's been, baseball's gone through this with the steroid air and the live ball air and the cork bats and all the other stuff. And so Rob Manfred, the guy who runs Major League Baseball, has to get on top of this because pitchers and catchers, we're 27 days away from when baseball becomes relevant again. It's always relevant because there's signings and movement and stuff of that nature. But the bottom line is you can't go into spring training if you're the commissioner of Major League Baseball having all of these scandals. And remember, this was an investigation. These weren't just allegations. Yeah. And now here's the best part. There are people online who are calling out, and that Jessica Mendoza was one of them, mm-hmm. ripping Mike Fires. <clears throat> Mike Fires is now pitching for the Oakland A's. Right. He was part of the Houston Astros club that won the World Series. So he was one of the people who snitched. And you know what they say, snitches get stitches. So now a guy who helped baseball – and why would he have an agenda? Maybe because the Astros didn't pay him a gazillion dollars to stay with them after his team cheated? I don't know. And, you know, I think there should be more snitches, especially when it comes to crime. Because now nobody snitches out when they know somebody's getting shot in the neighborhood because that's the way it works in the cities. And that's why there's more and more gun violence in this country with no one ever being held accountable. And that's murder. We're not talking about murder here. We're talking about cheating in sports, which tries to keep its reputation as you know, hey, we're doing everything we can to make sure our sports are clean and there's no cheating and there's no – the referees are on the up and up and the baseball players are just doing what they're told. Well, they are doing what they're told. They're being told to cheat. And so the other argument, we were talking about this when Luigi was in here on Monday, you know, whether the players should be held accountable. They didn't even strip any of the champ. They didn't strip the World Series away from the Astros. They didn't strip the World Series away from the – from the Boston uh, Red Sox. Did you see what the Los Angeles City Council um, did? They, like, wrote to uh, Major League Baseball and asked them from the city to give the last two um, trophies to the Dodgers. Saying that the Dodgers should have won. Could have, would have, should have. 
They're not really. They're not, yeah, that's right. They're not. They're not snitches. That's a good one from Hit the F and Post, sixty four. And I love when you hit the F and Post. That's what I do. <laughs> By the way, this 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 TV has the volume on, Robin. Oh, it does. Probably when you were watching some of your crappy shows last night. Well, no, actually, you weren't down there last night because we were in Annapolis and getting home to eleven o'clock. Whatever you were watching TV, all t- everybody cheats, except me, of course. Everybody cheats. I think that there's a difference. Getting caught is another right. thing. I think there's a different there's a difference between cheating and trying to figure out some like if like Tony said, after a while, if you're figuring out, you know, what some of those hand signals yes, mean. Everybody tries to do it. That you know, that's different. That's not Again, I mean, I'm not defending cheating? it. I'm not saying it's good. <clears throat> I'm saying the levels of cheating. Yeah. You know, the Patriots have been nailed with the flate gate and all these other things, and they were videotaping the Cincinnati Bengals and all this stuff. I mean, if you're videotaping the Cincinnati Bengals, the worst team in football, that's pathetic. I mean, if you're going to videotape somebody, videotape good teams. Don't video. What are you going to learn from videotaping the Cincinnati Bengals who have the number one pick in the NFL draft? let me ask you something. Do you you cheat watching bad people or stealing from good people? Right. Now let me ask you this, because this is something: is there are there rules in players' contracts that if they leave one team and go to another team, that they are not allowed to talk about the different? No, place? that's not. This isn't the Fight Club, Robin. No, I know this isn't Fight Club where you're not supposed so, to talk I mean, about. But, fight so club. obviously that happens a lot too. If a player from one team goes to another team and they're like, "Hey, I can tell you what this coach, you know, does," or the plays that he has had in the past, or there the there stuff. are there are clauses in in anybody who has a contract that, to work either in radio, TV, sports, you know, they're, they're conduct clauses. They're, but the thing about calling somebody out when you go somewhere else, I don't think Mike Fires. I don't know Mike Fires is a good pitcher. Obviously, he's in Oakland. I don't think Mike Fires started making phone calls. I think when the investigation started, when, there, when the opponents of these teams, as you mentioned, the Dodgers, now even CC Sabathia of the Yankees is complaining because the, the Yankees lost to the Red Sox. Mm-hmm you know, near the end of his career a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Not in the World Series, obviously. It was the American League Championship Series. So when you lose in the playoffs to a team that's nailed cheating, of course the teams that played against those teams that have now been nailed for cheating are going to start bitching. But the L.A. City Council getting involved, that's a joke. Why don't they worry about their stinking city where, where people are sleeping on the streets, you got crack addicts everywhere. And that's actually there's there's comments like that on so the the LA Times Sports um, wrote the article saying that the LA City Council um, voted to ask MLB to award the Dodgers championship trophies for the last two years. You know what I would say to the LA City Council, and if I were there right today, I would say this to you, LA City Council, and Mayor Garcetti and all of you other scumbags out there. Not just in L.A., because I rip my own scumbags here in Philadelphia every single day. You know what I say to you? Vafangulo. Let me repeat again for Mayor Garcetti, the district attorney, everybody else in the city of Los Angeles who is a politician trying to jump on board this make make the Dodger fans feel good by, by... did they, did they have a proposal? Did they get their – by the way, I have my gold pen today. I have my $5,000 gold pen. I will be selling these on the Tony Bruno Twitch stream later on today. I will be signing articles of clothing later on today, primarily scant, you know, skimpy clothing from women. But if you're a man and you would like me to sign things for you, I have an authentic gold 
Nancy Pelosi issued gold impeachment pen. I brought it down today to make this show a little more credible. I'm going to sign it, and I'm going to pretend I'm somber, and then I'm going to laugh when I'm signing okay, your underwear. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, you have to pretend you're somber, say you're somber, but then laugh. Prayer, I'm prayerful. <laughs> this is serious business, this oh, Twitch can show. You, can you quote some uh, obscure Longfellow? Longfellow as How about, well? I can, play a, I can play one of my favorite Longfellow composions, compo- uh, compositions. Hello. Who is it narrated by? I'm going to find it right now. Because it's certainly not Longfellow. <laughs> Here it is. This is my favorite Longfellow mention. Not from Nancy Pelosi, but from Neil Diamond. Oh. Crank this up, right? Remember this song? Yes. Longfellow Serenade. Longfellow Serenade. <laughs> we dedicate this song Such were the plans to I Nancy made. Pelosi. Not quote the Raven, nevermore. That no, happened last Sunday. That happened last Sunday. Sunday. And I was a dreamer with only God, I love this. This is an underrated Neil Diamond song. For a night like, like this. Warmed by a stolen kiss. For I was lonely. Yeah, well, a lot of people are lonely. And she was lonely? And she was lonely. What the hell does Longfellow have to do with being lonely and horny? Right. Come on, baby, right. Let me make your dreams come true. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't even plan that, that before the show. That's top that of mind, good, Longfellow knowledge right there. And I hit good. the post, too. Oh, so I hit the effing post. Yes, He's got to be happy on the Twitch stream. And thank him, everybody, for joining <laughs> We have a full show, and yes, we will go over, considering the fact that we started late and we uh, cheated you out of last two days' shows because of issues that were going on, but we have a very special guest coming up uh, in just a little bit, uh, Jason Levi, um, who is seriously one of those miracle stories that you hear Not about. miracle babies, which we've been no, talking no, no. about. We, we and all the miracle preemies babies. are miracle yes. babies. Well, all certainly. babies are miracles, period. But he, but uh, any preemie baby who survives in what they do in the NICU, they're, they're angels that work in the NICU, and the babies are miracles. But uh, Jason Levi... This is an adult who's... A, it's a miracle that he's alive and yeah, functioning, no, let I alone mean, alive. So the, the story was brought to my attention. There's a book being made. I'm sure... I, I just have a feeling this is going to end up being a movie. Um, but this gentleman, he was he was an uh, investment banker, I believe. Uh, wealthy, lived in the Bay Area, had a nice, huge house in Santa Cruz Mountains, was out uh, one day uh, chopping down a tree... And something happened. He fell over a Santa uh, a cliff and fell down like four hundred. Where some- in California? Santa Cruz Mountains. Okay. Um, fell off the backside of the mountain down four hundred and thirty feet. A tree stopped him. He broke. I, I don't know. He'll, he'll have to say how many bones he broke. Um, and somehow or another, he survived. His phone was still in his pocket. When he came to an hour later, he picked up his phone. He called 911. They got to him. When they, the helicopters went down, when they got to him, his brain was, sh- like, outside of his head. Oh, wow. And he's, uh, he survived to tell the story. Uh, he's a freaking miracle. He's going to come on uh, in just a little bit and tell about his, his experience and what he learned from all of this. And it's pretty damn amazing. Yeah, and we'll have him on. It is a great story. 
and we're we're all about positive stuff. Yes. You know, we joke for it's all about humor and positivity. We joke around about a lot of stuff. So I take cheap shots at a lot of people, but they're not vicious personal attacks. They're just gratuitous cheap shots at those who deserve to have cheap shots thrown their way every once in a while, including those of us on this program. People rip us all the time. You know, Robin gets ripped every once in a while. She hasn't gotten one now in a couple of totally days. Totally undeserved. Today, I'm not giving her one of these until you earn one of these on this show. I get them. Luigi gets them. Robin gets them regularly. The audience gets them. Everybody gets one of those when they screw up. And it's normally for intentional screw-ups. Not even intentional. It's like saying that you know something when you really don't, and you don't have the facts, and you don't come back and see us. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is... You earn these on this show. It's like getting the little sticker on your helmet when you play college football. You see, like Michigan has them. All the yeah, teams yeah, have them. They, they put little, the stickers all the over. little things. Yeah. Speaking of uh, bump bumpy bumps, do we do we give one to Odell? Yes, Beckham? I started talking about yes. that already. But then so, the Bel- Carlos Beltran story broke. But this is an interesting story because yesterday, Monday, actually, no Tuesday, two because it's Thursday. Tuesday, the day after the national championship right. game, where LSU. Show proved that they were the best team in college football. They're amazing. Joe Burrow smoking a so everybody has to play there. <clears throat> what can I find about this game that happened during or afterwards? Mm-hmm. So during it, of course, it was the Vince Vaughn thing because the president was there. So that sent a lot of people over the edge. Yep. And then, of course, you had in the locker room afterwards, you had Joe Burrow, the star quarterback, smoking a victory cigar. That pissed a lot of people off. And then you had the normal people who hate the South. And then, oh, they're just a bunch of rednecks down there in Louisiana. You know, you got to expect that stuff. Even though, by the way, uh, rednecks have been elected president and other major, major party candidates for many, many years. So the rednecks are only good when you don't like them. But when you do like them, you forget they're a redneck. Yeah. But that's another story for another show. So anyway, so then you have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. became a big story because he was on the sidelines looking like it, it appeared at least that he was making it rain. He wasn't throwing it up in the air like a strip club, but he was handing money <clears throat> to Joe Barrow and other LSU players. Right. So, of course, the sanctimonious crew out there, there's two sides to this story. You got, well, these players should be allowed to get a tip after winning a championship, and Odell Beckham's an alum, and he gave him money. But then, oh, no, it was fake money. Then the story came out, it wasn't real money he was handing out. And to me, you know how I feel about the NCAA and its ridiculous rules. It's stupid, okay? But there's rules. There's a lot of rules that I think are stupid. The PPA rules are stupid. I still have to abide by them or get a ticket. Even though when I abide by them, I still get a ticket. But that's another story yet for another day. And so Odell Beckham was handing out cash. Well... The, Straight cash, homie. But there was there's something that happened in the locker room. Yes, though. I'm getting to that, okay. Robin. I'm explaining that there's a there's okay. a pro- there's a buildup. You know, Sorry. not a buildup. There, there's a lot of people that don't pay attention to this every day. This is how the, okay. I, I talked. It started with Vince Vaughn. Started with the National Anthem. All right. Then Vince Vaughn. Then ESPN had 15 channels on with different programs. You had coaches sitting at a round table on one channel. You had my boy, my two of my boys, three of them that I know well. Four. No, there are only three of the four that I knew. Steve Levy, Dan Orlovsky, and, of course, the winner of the Tony Bruno Award at the BSM uh, Summit coming up. Pat. The great Pat McAfee, former punter and now broadcaster, has his own radio show every day, and he's on TV on ESPN doing college. So, anyway, they had one channel where they had the guys on the field, which was awesome, and I was flipping back and forth. I was watching a national championship game Monday night. You know why? 
because it was an important game. It was for the national championship. So I didn't see any of the pregame stuff. I didn't see the president coming in and everybody going crazy one way or the other about him being there. And so I'm watching the game. I'm flipping around. They got the coaches channel. They got the mega cast. They got this cast. They got that cast. And so afterwards, again, guys were smoking cigars. People right. became outraged. Then Odell Beckham was handing out what was suppo- people thought was real cash and then said, no, 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 it was fake cash. And then it turns out it was real cash. And then you got the people who are, well, the players should get paid. And then the other people saying, well, they shouldn't get paid because it's the rules right now and you're breaking the rules. Then you go all- <clears throat> later. He's in the locker room. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, have, now, remember, I have video. I know. I have... Let, me, let me set it up, Robin. Okay, relax. I'm, I'm relaxed. I just want to Relax, you please. It. You set <laughs> stories up. You don't just throw the video. What's the matter? I got to give you one of these now. Tony, I wasn't. I was saying I have it. Jesus. Jesus. So, as I was saying, Odell Beckham's in the locker room. Yes. This is in the Superdome in New Orleans. Right. The people in the locker room were not really cops. They were security guards. Right. Whose job it is is to provide security. So... They go into the locker room because somebody was complaining that there was cigar smoke in there. This is how the story that I have. Right. And so supposedly, according to the one security guard, who you will see in the video in a second, he goes over to one of the players, who is one of the linemen, sitting down in, in this stall, and he had a cigar and he had a phone and everybody smoked. So the one guy you will see in this video, he has a badge, but from what I understand, he's not an actual law. He, he's, a, he's a security cop. Well, no. So they are real officers that have been hired by the stadium. So they're not on their regular beat. They're but not they are, rent-a-cops. They're not rent-a-cops. They are actual officers who are doing extra duty independently. And so he goes into the locker room, and he's talking to one of the players. And it was supposed, from what I understand now, because I looked at a lot of sources, because there's a lot of bullshit on the, in the Internet. I don't just run with it. The one story, now people are saying, oh, you know, Odell Beckham comes over. So anyway, the officer's talking to the one player. And then Odell Beckham in the background, you can see him, he's got a white shirt on, and he comes up and he, like, pats the cop on the ass. Yeah. Gives him a little well, slap on the sla- butt. I mean, he's slapping not hard. Now, luckily, now I'll give you what, what really would have been a bigger problem. And again, I, do I have a problem with this? I don't have a problem with it. But I guess he goes up and he smacks the cop in the well, ass. Let's look at it really quick. Oh, but I want to set it up okay. first so you can know what I'm talking because you don't see it unless you watch it right. five times. So I watched it five times, which is how I learn to, to look for what I have to look for. Right. Instead of having to say, well, what happened? So Odell Beckham standing with a white long sleeve shirt in the back. The officer's talking to the other player about cigarette cigar smoke. And then Odell apparently didn't like it. So he comes up and smacks the cop in the back of the ass. And it wasn't, you know, I don't, it was, he didn't. No, it, it looked playful. Yeah, it wasn't playful. But then the, the cop turns around, and then Odell's, like, taunting him. Watch the looks. Again, okay. there's no, there wasn't a confrontation. The officer didn't draw his weapon. I think there's audio, too, right? I don't remember. I okay. just watched it Let's so I could see. learn what was going on. Hey, man, D. Lou finna go to jail, y'all. Hey. Hey. Hey, what about the big urgent, baby? No! Now watch. The cop's bending over. And then right, Odell, right now. there it is, right there. Little Uh-oh. slap in the ass. Now watch. Uh-oh. The cop turns around, and Odell's like goofing off and taunting him. Let me turn the audio off. So anyway, so the player is mocking because he's got a great Gatorade. He's got a cigar. The players were celebrating, you know. And so then the, the player that he's talking to, the officer, says, oh, I got a Gatorade here. Is this against the law too? So, again, it wasn't ugly. There wasn't threats of violence. No. But, you know, then Odell slaps the cop on the ass, 
and then starts, you know, messing around. And, and, and so, Joe, I mean, to me, he's like, I, ag- I totally agree. So I'm, 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 I'm saying, was that a stupid? Now imagine if that had been a female officer. Oh. If that had been a female officer and he smacked her on the ass, yeah. then the Me Too crazies would have come out too. And again, did he, did he do something stupid? Yes. Is it a crime? Of course not. There's a warrant out because of simple battery. So the officer went overboard by filing a simple, but they're not going to arrest him. They're not going to arrest Odell Beckham Jr. for smacking a well, cop on the ass. Well, there's an arrest warrant out. I, I know there is, Robin, but I think after everybody calms down and reviews this, the cop's getting hammered all over Twitter. You know, because that's what cops well, do. Well, they're, 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 the arrest warrant is for... Uh, Simple battery. Yeah, against a police officer. Correct. Which is, has an even larger... Uh, uh, set, not sentence. There's a, no, there's like a $1,000 right. fine here. He's yeah. not going to jail. No, I mean, He's it's, not, it's it, stupid. It is stupid. But here's the thing that, that bugs me the most. Because now people are taking sides in this. You know, they're, oh yeah, Odell Beckham. Now they're going to come after him. What happened when Julian Edelman of the Patriots was jumping on a car over the weekend on a Mercedes because he was drunk out of his mind and doing stupid shit? You know what happened to Julian Edelman? We don't have video of it. If we did, we'd be playing that over and over and over again, right? That's how it works in the world. Luckily, nobody for Julian Edelman, nobody was there. And you know me, I'm no Patriot honk. There are plenty of those in the media. Julian Edelman being a jackass on a Saturday after his team was eliminated from the postseason for the first time in a generation, is is doing stupid shit that dumb, drunken, stupid people do, regardless of team, race, color, creed. And so the whole thing is, like, well, it's, you know, it's Odell Beckham Jr. They're picking on him. Why didn't they do anything to Julian? Because there's no video of Julian. I'm just giving you what I think. If there was video of Julian Edelman jumping all over a police or a Mercedes-Benz in Hollywood, yeah, yeah. that would be on every second of every day. Come on, people. Don't play that shit. We play, the fact that there's, everybody's got a phone now, pretty much everything's getting caught on tape, so you can watch it. If there was video of Julian Edelman, it would be on over and over and over again. But, the you know... The Odell Beckham, this is now this story is becoming huge. Oh, Odell Beckham, he should go to jail, according to some. He's not going to jail. It was the cop a little overzealous? But you know what? If there's a rule, if you're, if you're working in a building, and you know there's no smoking anywhere anymore, right. and I don't have a problem with the kids lighting up a victory cigar, you know, even though that's old school. That was back in the day, you know, when you'd see, like, Alex Karros, and you'd see Vince Lombardi. Those guys smoked on the field. Yeah, yeah. You see guys smoking cigarettes on the sidelines yeah. of NFL games. Exactly. You have Jim Leland, the manager of the Pirates for all those years, used to go in the dugout and smoke cigarettes and cup it. He cup that cigarette and then go back into the corner of the dugout, not thinking that people couldn't see him smoking. And then of course the smoke would come out yeah. after he's cupping like, the cigarette hello. because you weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. Now you can shoot up in the dugout. You can do anything you want as long as, as, long as no, one, no one sees. You can steal signs as long as no one catches you. And so the whole thing becomes overblown in the world of Twitter, in the world of social media, in the world of social justice, in the world of total bullshit, in the world of Twitter, where people go ape shit about everything. Everything is bigger than it really is. And so to me, the bigger story is not that Odell Beckham slapped a dude in the ass who was telling the players not to smoke cigars in the locker room, 
which is what the reason he was in there. Mm-hmm. Why would the police be in the locker room unless there was some sort of an altercation or some sort of a report that there was cigarette and cigar smoke? Again, that shouldn't be a police officer's job, even if he's a, a police officer who was there. But it's, if, it's a, if it's a code violation, you can't have people smoking in locker rooms. Yeah. I don't care if these guys smoke. Go out in the in the go out in the big hallways. Well, you know, we were at a party one time at a hotel when the cops, actual police officers, were called because of uh, the noise and the smoke that exactly. was coming out. Like in ho- hotels, most hotels now are totally smokeless. Yeah, this right? was at a hotel. Yeah, we go up to the hotel. Well, the good news is they weren't smoking cigarettes in the room next to us. The bad news is they were smoking copious amounts of right. weed, and yet nobody called anybody, and I didn't want to call and say, hey, there's people smoking dope in the next room. But you could smell it in the, everywhere, in the hallways and stuff. It's permeated. Exactly. And so some people decide what the rules are, some people don't. You know, is it a fire hazard in a concrete building? Probably. But it's just common sense. You don't smoke dope in a hotel room just like you don't smoke cigarettes in a hotel room. That's the law. And you're supposed to get fined for that, right? And so you can smoke weed anywhere now, I've learned. It doesn't matter. It says no smoking. But You're no, smoking but dope anywhere you want. But the thing is the cops want. get called rather than uh, anybody else. I mean, it, it could vary because a lot of times, unless it's cops, people will just ignore anybody else that comes and warns you, say, hey, cut it out. No, there was no swingers party when we called the cops. We didn't call the cops. No. I never called no, the cops. No, but somebody called the cops on, on our party. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, when yeah, yeah, that on. party. Yeah, yeah. It was not a swingers party, by the way. No, no, no. It was a... Uh, if it was, I would report was, it as fact. Was it a New Year's Eve party? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it was a New Year's Eve party. Cops were called. Yeah, whatever. It's a joke. Anyway. It's a good party. <laughs> you smoke them if you got them. And you can't even sell smoking jackets anymore. Remember those? They were called smoking jackets? You can still sell those. They're still called smoking jackets because it's a certain look. I have a smoking jacket. Yes, you do. The one I wore at the Playboy Mansion? Yeah. Exactly. Not a slingers party, No. Oh, of Love course, you know, commercials. I was one of the original pimps for sling boxes back if in the day. If only we had thought of that ahead of time. Did you Did you do the double entendre? No, no, because back then, the sling box was just basically a device yeah. where you could record stuff. It wasn't a network. I mean, it, it, it moved up the food chain. Now, it does what everything else does. You could, all you need is a box. Because you would have been the perfect person to, What's in the uh, box? It was a sling box. Pimp the Not slingers. sling blade. Slingers yes. party. I love those commercials. They've moved on to a new yeah. theme now. They did away with the slingers. Yeah. Hey, well, you want to come over and sling with us tonight? And they were two <laughs> actors. I didn't remember who they were. They, they were fun. Yeah, they were good. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it back to the business. So <clears throat> Odell Beckham, whatever you want to think about the guy, he's a wide receiver. Wide receivers, we've learned over decades, not just recently, are really unusual characters. They live in a different, They live on a different frequency, for the most part, not every single one of them. I mentioned yesterday on tweet on Twitter. A special kind of person becomes a wide receiver? No, I mean, wide receivers are more prone to, because, you know, they have to run every play. Yeah. Even if they don't get the ball thrown to them, and when they end their stars and they uh-huh, don't get the uh-huh. ball thrown to them, they become, you know, divas. Not all of them. Because yesterday, to me, the greatest non-diva wide receiver of all time, in an era where there are a lot of divas, the guy, where is his picture, Robert? It's right. It's uh, I like it's that up. Call. It's up uh, behind your WFIL. Did you put it up there? Because it kept falling down, Tony Bruno. This is the greatest non-diva wide receiver of our generation. Now remember, he's now going into 17, 17 years in the NFL. Years. 
Larry, the great, my favorite player, and my buddy Joe Quill sent me this fathead. I said I want a fathead of Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals. And yesterday he announced he's coming back again with a great young quarterback, and he felt great about the season. And this is what a non-diva looks like. I mean, just think- And this is one of the all-time greatest receivers in NFL history. There are Arizona Cardinal fans that have never experienced – they're adults. They're, like, in their early 20s that ha- do not remember a time without him on the team. How weird is that? No, it's, it's incredible. And so when I make a statement about divas, it's, it's sort of a generalization because most of the big-name divas, on, um, wide receivers, turn out to be look – at, look, at, look at Antonio Brown. Ugh. I mean, look at, look at T.O. These guys yeah. become divas. And again – they can do whatever they want as long as they're not breaking the law. I don't care if they're divas. Hit the F and post, 64. Fitz is a class guy, too. Oh, yes, he's, yes. He's, the, he's the perfect – he is the perfect athlete. A great player with dignity, respect, who does amazing things off – you couldn't find a more perfect human being playing any sport. In any sport anywhere on earth, there is no total package perfect human being than this man, ladies What about and Harold Carmichael? Yeah, Harold Carmichael back in the day, who got into the Hall of Fame. I, I posted my yes. – he's on my avatar now. Harold Carmichael, the only athlete I ever had a jersey that I bought for myself. You wasn't you weren't given that one? That one's one you purchased? I purchased wow. that. Wow. And then I ran into – and I had it for a long time. Yeah. I didn't have it when he was playing because it's, it's a it, – you know, it's a – Yeah, uh, it's a throwback. It's a throwback from Mitchell and Ness right here in Philadelphia where they have all right. the throwbacks. That's where the throwback started right here at Mitchell and Ness and Philly. Yeah. So I had it, and I took it to Green Bay when the Eagles were playing the Green Bay Packers. Mark Willard and I were working together at Sporting News Radio in L.A., and then because we were on the air in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Appleton on the radio stations there, they invited us up to go to a game, sit in the stands, go on the field. They got us field passes. Mark and I went out there. We hung out with all the great fans in the parking lot at, at – uh, at Lambeau Field. We went to the bowling alleys in Appleton. We did all the local things because we were there for like four days. And so we got to go on the field, and there's Harold Carmichael. And I was wearing my Harold Carmichael jersey that entire weekend. And then I see Harold on the sideline, who I knew from covering him in 1971 when he was a rookie. I see Harold. He saw me wearing it. He said, oh, man, that's awesome. I said, let's get a picture. So I gave Mark Willard my phone. He took a picture of me and Harold Carmichael on the field at Lambeau Field. And yesterday when he got in, I posted that picture now we as have, my avatar. We have two audio clips uh, or video clips. One was of um, Harold Carmichael getting, getting the, the phone call, getting the notification. Yeah, that was yesterday. And I, I, you know, do we want to play that? Jerry Rice. I, again, I'm, I said there are a lot of divas, and nowadays more than ever. But the but the diva position in football. Let's be honest. Wide receivers. Yes. There's no question. You can oh, look. absolutely. Have there been diva kickers that you know of? Well, because they get so much notice when they do exactly. great things. Exactly, and they're the ones who complain the most yeah. when the ball's not going their way. And so it's it's easy for them to get frustrated, especially if they're superstar players. Did you want to play the audio of Harold? No, because that was okay. played all over yesterday. Okay. Everybody knows. Listen, nobody loves Harold no, Carmichael more than I do. So, Nobody, and, and the you fact congratulated that he's in. him. And but did you see the video of when he got the phone call? No, of um, Drew Pearson. Yes, when, pissed off. Oh, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Like you, because he was led to believe that he was going to yep. get in, and he was sitting in a room. And I, I don't want to rub they, it. And listen, Drew Pearson no, was a great. Is, player. I think this is so wrong. They asked for 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 uh, cameras to be in his in his house 
during the announcement. I understand. That's my point. It's, that's it, was, what, it was bad. It's cruel. It is so cruel. They, the, the, um, the, he did not ask for cameras to be there. But he agreed to have he the cameras there. He agreed to it because everybody told him and he thought that he was going to get in. He never would have, if, if somebody had said, look, this is probably not a good idea. But I just think it's cruel that who, because they knew. They knew because they knew that, they knew yesterday because you saw it over the weekend. You saw uh, Bill Cower getting in. The, the, the same guy, the gentleman from right. the Hall of Fame, Dan ba- David Baker. He's the guy who always wears the blue suit. He's the head of the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame because it's not an NFL because there's college people in there as well, and even Canadians. I'm not even going to play that. Well, should I play the audio, Tony, of of this Drew Pearson thing? Because now remember, th- now they all have Drew Pearson shirts on. Yeah, no, this is in yeah, his this house. Is, yes, I know. Let me set it up, Robin. Oh. Jesus. So, Drew Pearson and his family agreed to this because the NFL put a couple of coaches in, mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower, over the weekend live on their own networks. And so they decided that they were going to pick 10 more players who played in the good old days and then put them in to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. 10 players to celebrate the NFL's 100th season. And so there were a lot of players – I don't believe Harold Carmichael was one of the guys who even thought of it because he no. was sitting at home and got the phone call. They didn't show up at his house. We got cat fights now going on in here. Seriously. Robin and I, are, I'm yelling at Robin. But anyway, let me get back to this. And I don't mean to be angry. I was all happy yesterday seeing my little grandson. Now Robin's got me angry again. Oh, yeah. It's my and you fault. don't like me when I'm angry. No, I don't. Nobody does. So... Harold Carmichael gets the phone call, didn't have the guy show up at his house, and then for some reason, whoever in Dallas organized this, they assumed that Drew Pearson was going to be one of the ten players. Yep. So here he is sitting because at home. he's the last one on it. Of that Cowboys uh, 70 yeah. super team. And so I can understand Drew Pearson anticipating that he was going to get the call. He's at home. He's got all of his friends and family around him, all wearing T-shirts of him with his number and his, and his jersey. And he's sitting down, and then he finds out that he's not, you are not going into the Hall of Fame. This is sad because I love, I know Eagle fans are pissed off because he got up and talked some trash at the draft a couple of years ago. That's what guys do. David Akers got up and talked trash, and he was a kicker. So, anyway, this is the video yesterday if you didn't see it. The greatest sport in the world, the best machine there is, the NFL. Being the commissioner is something special. Congratulations to all of the inductees. It was really a true honor, a pleasure to make this announcement. And we have done a special guest panelist. A lot of ties to the contributors, including Hal Tagli. Speaking of commissioner, Roger Goodell. I just, I just. That's so wrong on so many different levels. Yeah, he he said it. They broke my heart. He didn't curse. He said, "Dad, gum it" or something like that. Well, and even um the because when he was talking to his uh. The other guy that got in, um, I can't think of his name right now. This was the he was on the Cowboys' 1970s right. All Decade team, and uh, one of his best friends. The other guy, that, last the other last guy to get in, and they were the last two guys, him and the other guy who did get in. They were talking about it at a time that they were going to be inducted at the same time, and they were going to be excited. And so, I mean, it was just there was no doubt. Yeah, in their I mean, mind that he was going to get because he's watching it on TV, yeah. as you can hear, and his whole family's there. And then they, when they said, "That's it, congratulations to the ten, he knew he was screwed. 
Sort of like watching the Oscars, which nobody does, and then people pretending that they're happy that the other person won. Drew Pearson should be in the Hall of Fame. It's as simple as that. So here's a this was a quote from him. Um, the Drew Pearson only let TV cameras into his home because he thought he was going to exactly. make the Hall of Fame. That was all geared to capture the happiness of the moment, the excitement of the moment to share with family, friends, and fans, he said, not the frustration or discouragement. No, I, I, and, I totally uh, Listen, everybody understands that. Anybody who's followed sports or seen waiting for people. You know, it's like the NFL draft day. You know, they got all these players sitting Cliff in the back Harris. room. Cliff Harris. Is Cliff Harris. Cliff Harris. So Cliff Harris, he was elated. The former teammate Cliff Harris made the Hall of Fame. Uh, the two had been talking in recent weeks about hopefully going in together. And um, then, you know, when, when he found out that Cliff Harris was getting in, he was like, okay, this is it. They're, they're going to be calling me next. And uh, then it was the end. And obviously all that was caught on film, and it's very sad. It is. And you know me, I'm not a Cowboy fan. But I respect. I know a lot of the former players. You know that, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith. I know Jay Novacek. These are all great people, good friends. So and, and, you know, and Drew Pearson got screwed, and I feel bad for him. Hopefully, they'll give him another chance. I mean, the, you know, they did this specially. This was a special ten-person induction because it's the NFL's one hundredth right. anniversary. So sorry, Drew. I, I don't blame him, man. I'd be pissed off too. That'd be like me not getting the Tony Bruno Award. Yeah. And it's named after me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be awkward. We're going to open the phone lines in the in our final hour here today. He's not in the – no, Stevie B says he's in, the, he's in Jerry Jones' glory hole, Hall of Fame. Well, who isn't? You know what I'm saying? He's in Jerry's ring of honor. And Fister Ball, you're lucky you're not here, pal. Because I would yell at you louder than I yelled at Robin, even though I didn't really yell at her. The story has a point. Every story has a point on this show. Even my gold pen, where I'm signing articles of clothing for you today. Robin, later on, at the end of the show, we will have a procession upstairs into the kitchen. And we will have Robin bring up the articles of clothing. Much more, much more impressive than articles of impeachment, in my humble opinion. <sighs> One of our favorite female followers here, Robin. You know who that is, the Beach Babe 1204? Uh-huh. She's pretty funny on the Twitch stream. She said... Uh, Mikey misses hair plug says, I haven't seen that many people disappointed since Trump won in 2016. See, now come on. There were way more people disappointed than that than a room full of cowboys. <laughs> so your buddy, Mr. Ball, Robin. Yes. Says, do your story have a point, Tony? Can you imagine him saying that to me? And I tolerate that kind of disrespect on a daily basis. So, Tony, uh, we now actually have holding on the line, and I, I pronounced his last name wrong. It's Jason Levy. Um, he is on hold, and we are going to bring him on in a second. But I want to first show this little short clip of um, him speaking at a special brain 
traumatic brain injury seminar at Stanford University, which is the university, the the, the hospital that um, did the initial. He's had many, 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 many operations since then, but the initial hospital that he was flown to. This is really a miracle. We talk about miracles a lot, not the miracle of the Meadowlands and miracle on ice. Real miracles Ugh. were lives, lives that inexplicably were almost taken away. Yeah. Come back. Let's go to the tape. Good friend of ours who has come from a different state, actually, come a long ways to be with us again. So um, the floor <laughs> yeah. is yours now, Jason. Yeah, Welcome Jason. back. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, I did something interesting today with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I went back to the scene of the crime that changed my life uh, two years ago. I fell off a cliff 430 feet down um, over boulders and fallen trees, and I'm here, right? So I'm actually very happy about that. And it, in an instant, everything changed. No helmet was going to help that one. But um, as I laid down on that hill, I woke up about an hour later, and I really didn't know where I was. And I'm laying on an 80-degree hillside and I uh, couldn't sit up because I'll tell you why in a minute but and I couldn't see very well and had no clue where I was and I could try and move around and boulders were going down the hill next to me and took like a minute or two to hit it felt like to hit the bottom I go this is not a good situation so I actually started to freak out I actually thought I was dying at that moment and I might have even died and come back I have no clue but I wasn't religious going into that moment, but that kind of made my perception change a little bit. And I heard this inaudible voice that said, Jason, uh, I got some news for you. You're going to have disabilities the rest of your life. You're going to lose your high-paying job. You're going to lose your dream house, your luxury cars, all the trappings that go in that, and your wife's going to leave. And then it said, uh, but you found me and whoever that was, and you can make that own opinion for yourself, but I think I know who it was, and uh, you're gonna be happy, happy as you've ever been in your life, and all of that came true. So um, I was hyperventilating, freaking out a little bit, blood everywhere, and I had, all of a sudden we started calming down, and I was super calm, and, and I reached down, and I couldn't believe I had my cell phone in my pocket, and uh, Called nine one, figured out nine one one. Hour later, there's three helicopters flying over, forty EMS and firefighters looking for me. A young guy about this age comes down, <laughs> sits next, sits next to me. He says, uh, "Sir," I go, "Yeah, how's your day going?" And he says, uh, "That tree you're um, pinned up against it's it's the only thing keeping you from another drop of about six hundred feet." And that got me thinking. I remember him radioing up to the battalion chief at the top of the hill, and it said, and Chief asking him how I was and said, well, I don't see an inch of his body's not bleeding and I can see his brain, but his vitals are like perfect. So it just, again, told me the message I was receiving to calm down whatever that was. And there he is uh, at, at a symposium talking about, uh, it was a I Love My Brain conference, the second annual one. Unbelievable. And he joins us right now. We're talking with the man who survived an unbelievable situation, alive to talk about it today. And, of course, he is Jason Levy. Jason, uh, appreciate you coming on today, man. It's an amazing story. And, 
You know, we talk about movies being made all the time, and this certainly sounds like a movie that should be made. Two doctors were coming. Sorry, were sir. In. Jason? Jason, are you there? Did you put him on, Robin? Yeah, no, he's on. Hello? Let's try again. Jason, Jason? can you hear us now? Hello. There he is. Hi. Appreciate you coming on, man. You know, we like, we love these kinds of stories on the show. You know, we talk about sports a lot, and we have a lot of friends who've gone through traumatic brain injuries, uh, multiple concussions of athletes and things of that nature, repetitive concussions where you see players, for example, when Luke Keekley yesterday announced his retirement at the age of 29 because of concerns about brain. Your brain situation and the injuries that you sustained in this fall are just incredible. It's hard to believe. Now, now, how long ago was this when it happened to you? Because you were working, and you were in a, a big tech sales exec in Silicon Valley when you were up on the up on the hill, right? Correct. It was uh, April twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen. So we're talking less than three years, or coming up on three years this April. That's correct. Yes. So you live at the time on a on top of a, of a mountain, two acres, Santa Cruz, beautiful mountain area. So you're up there on the mountain. And you were chopping on a tree or something, right? Is that what was going on? Yeah, um, I could see uh, from my backyard. The house was just a house, but the view I could see seventy-five miles out. And I think you—I heard you. Be, I'm a big fan, by the way, Tony. I used to listen to you in the Bay Area with Gary Ratnich quite a bit. And, um, well, thank and you. And I know you've—I know you've been to Santa Cruz as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, so. The reason I was on that hill is, you know, it's not in that Stanford piece, but in four months earlier, this was talent, but I got in uh, three car accidents in four days, and I had two head injuries out of uh, those three. And so uh, I hardly missed a day in my life of work, but I had to miss days because I was busy passing out and fainting and uh, headaches and couldn't think straight. And so four months later, to April 27th, I... I was just bored, <laughs> and I was tired of sitting around, and I don't even remember those four months, but I had fallen a bunch of trees on that property trying to get the best view possible, and it was already great, but there's one tree that I hadn't yet gotten down, and I decided to try and finish it off in a neck brace. I had a soft collar brace on and shorts, and I took an axe and started cutting it, and I really don't remember, but... Uh, I either slipped or I could have fainted and then uh, fell down the hill over a bunch of boulders and fallen trees. Now, we heard in that YouTube video that uh, at the, compo- at the uh, symposium where you were talking about brain death, you had broken neck, multiple spinal fractures, broken shoulder, three broken ribs, bleeding on the brain, stroke, visual disorder, cognitive impairments, and the cumulative trauma- traumatic brain injury. And more. That wasn't it. But the most, I mean, the biggest thing that made an impact to me that was when they, the, the guy came down to uh, rescue you, your brain was showing. Yeah, it, it wasn't handing out. You mentioned earlier, Robin, that it was handing out. It wasn't, but it, it was showing for sure, yes. That's insane. Yeah. Well, nobody's well, ever seen my brain, thankfully. I just uh, want you to know <laughs> <laughs> and some people think they can see in my brain, but no. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing story. Now, you, you have, obviously, you're lucid. How long did it take for you after the, all of the brain procedures that you've gone through? And you talk about a lot of the physical damage that it still affects you to this yeah. day. But how long did it take you to get back to the point where you could talk, hear, understand, think, listen? 
or do you are you lose have you still lost and not re- able to regain some of those functions? Um, first of all, all those injuries is just a flesh wound, Tony. But um... oh, yeah, right. <laughs> they just spit on it and go back out there and have somebody put two fingers up and say, "Yeah, you're all right. Go back out there and climb again." Right. But they flew me to Stanford. I was there 20 days ICU, and then when I got home, uh, just to add to the story, a couple. I don't know, a couple of weeks or maybe months later, my wife says, I can't handle this. And 21 years of marriage and raising her three kids, she decides to leave. And wow. and so it was that moment that um, I felt very alone, right? So I went from, uh, I took an 80% uh, cut in pay. I couldn't, I lost my vision to the right. I had all these injuries. Um, so it was a sink or swim type moment. Um but, uh, Can I interject real quick, though? You you course. actually said that when you were laying down there, there was a voice that you heard that told you that this was going to happen, right? Yes. Um, well, not going to happen, but uh, my wife had said many times that I was going to fall and kill myself on that hill. And one of the first things I thought of was, damn it, she was right, you know. But... Um, I kind of had a premonition that it could happen because I had fallen a few times with just short falls and I scraped myself and every time I was out there, you know, people said I was crazy and I was, I was stupid. Um, But the first year to answer your question was uh, probably the most challenging, but also the quickest healing. I mean, when I got out of the hospital, I was using, I couldn't walk in the hospital. Then I learned to use a stroller and learned to walk again. I wasn't, uh, speaking very fluid, um, and really, I didn't think I—I I never thought I'd be talking to Tony Bruno today. That's for sure. But uh, on my one-year anniversary, uh, against everybody's um, um, wanting me to do this, I went to Italy by myself just to celebrate life, and that's really when I turned the corner. And on that trip, I decided to not do a funeral, but a memorial service for the old Jason and embrace the new Jason because I'll never be what I was, but I can be still a wonderful person and actually, I hope, better in many ways. And uh, so that was a really life-changing thing. And and But I still have many, many issues, but, um, you know, you live through it. And uh, my, my real goal is to... There was times where I contemplated, you know, quality life and should I go on and all those things. And I hit some really dark moments. And and so really what I'm trying to get out of this is just help people that aren't aren't getting out of bed. And uh, TBIs, um, there's three times more likelihood that they would commit suicide with people that don't have one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's an invisible illness. I look fine, but well, I kind of look like a you, Tony, actually, without the... Face hair, yeah, but um, you have better glasses than I did, though. People were commenting on the glasses <laughs> in that video. Are those prescription, or I like the color? Uh, I've got about 100 pairs, actually. But um, awesome. I've got different colors, and I'm kind of like Elton John, no way. But, um, uh, yeah. But, um, now, Jason, I, I, I know I'm, that you're, you're in the process yeah. of writing a book, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah. and But more so, this is just if people want to reach out to you 
and have you talk to them and figure out if you can help them somehow turn their life around if they're depressed or how, what what was it that made you realize that you could now make a difference in people's lives you know i've kind of always had that in me you know even as a young boy i thought that somehow i was going to be able to reach out and help other people and i have no idea where this is going i'm still formulating it in my mind um i'm hoping by getting my story out there and, and showing people that you can overcome just about everything um you can you can you can you know come back from almost anything and um so that you know i hope to start a maybe a podcast of my own someday i have this book uh, i have a youtube channel and i have um and my son actually is uh um has a film production company in vietnam and so we're kicking around some ideas on that too but you know the main purpose for this is just to reach out and try and help others well, it's an inspirational story, and Robin and I have done so much stuff. We talked about Bill Romanowski and, and doctors who, who are doing all of this uh, brain injury, as you call it, TBI, traumatic brain injuries. Yeah. Uh, there's so much of it, so many, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a kid who fell down the wrong way. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't have to fall off a mountain to have this. And we saw, you know, we saw Carson Wentz get hit in the back of the helmet. Luckily, that, you know, he doesn't have a history of, of concussions and, and brain trauma injuries. But there's so many people who do. And your story is inspirational, and I, and I hope you get it. Now, you're living in, in Gilbert. In fact, we just had somebody call us the other day from yeah. Gilbert, Arizona, oh, right? listening to the yeah. show. Yes. Now, I yeah. know that you're not done completely with your with uh, different surgeries. I think you're going in right. soon, right, for another one? Right. I can't really talk about it too much, but I'll give you a general idea. So, um, because I'm on the confidentiality, but... I'm going to have a procedure March 17th. Uh, it's a case study at one of the major universities, I'll just say. And um, they're going to, they've been doing this for uh, Parkinson's patients for a couple of years with success. They, they put a couple electrodes in the center of your brain, run wires down to a pacemaker type device, and then it fires up your neurons and tries to jumpstart you. Sort of. Wow. And uh, out of, you know, so you're going to get a reboot. You're going to get a reboot. Exactly. Reboot in many ways. I, I mean, I'm born again Christian. I'm, you know, all these things, amazing things have come out of this. And I feel like I have a chance. How many people get a chance to live a second life? And that's sort of how I feel. Well, it's an awesome, awesome story. I mean, sorry, obviously, this happens to you. But sometimes yeah. in tragedy comes, you know, a great second coming, so to speak. I'm not trying to turn you, know, you into Jesus or, you know, a religious icon here. But. <laughs> You know, you can help a lot of people because this yeah. is an amazing story. And these are the stories, you know, when you live through it, that's when people want to hear it. You know, you get somebody up there who wrote a book who doesn't know anything about it. And, oh, yeah, hey, I had a lot of friends who did this and I heard from this guy. I mean, you survived this. And there's no better example of somebody that people will listen to. Absolutely. Even with the glass. What color were those glasses in that video, though? Green. The green glasses. <laughs> now, you're not a poker player, are you? Uh, yeah, played a little poker. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't since the injury because I wouldn't trust my brain. I'd lose all my money. Exactly. Good call. <laughs> Good call. Well, Jason, I, I really hope that you stay in touch with us and uh, good luck. We're praying for you on your next operation, that the reboot goes well. And uh, we can't wait to see what uh, you are going to do in this second life. And you can follow him on Facebook at facebook.com slash jason.s.levy L-E-V-Y Jason.s.levy. And then you say you have a YouTube channel as well, right? Right. 
Jason S. Levy, it'll pop up. Beautiful. Yeah, and I, I actually played. I'll, I'll post the um, the the link to your YouTube channel. I think I have it right here. Awesome. Um, but fantastic story. I'm so glad that um, you were brought to our attention and uh, glad that we were able to have you on the show. I hope to meet you guys someday, maybe when my book's released. And, uh, and if they make a movie, uh, I want to be in it. I'll be a guy hanging on a tree or something, you like you on the side my, of the cliff. How about you be my stunt double and reenact the whole thing? Oh, that's good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm older <laughs> than you. I don't, think I, would, I don't think I would survive at all trying to hang from the side of a cliff. Well, you could, maybe you could be one of the doctors. Exactly. Yeah, I just want a minor role. It doesn't have to be speaking. I just want to be in the movie about the movie. But you're, but you're known for your voice. Yeah, I can do the voiceover. I can do the background. <laughs> yeah, whatever I, whatever I you need, I will be there for you. Oh, you could be the narrator. Oh, ooh, no. You could be the yeah. voice of God. Yes. You could be oh. the voice of God. Well, you know, you know, Mike Rowe gets all those roles, and so does uh, the great actor who everybody says should be the voice of God. You know, when people say, I want somebody narrating my life, I want it to be. Matthew McConaughey. No, not Matthew McConaughey. He would be too wasted, no, and he'd be sitting in his Lincoln, voice. and he would get out and do ice fishing and stuff like that. No, uh, what's his name? The, the great actor. He's played God. Oh, he's played the president. Yes. Um, the plays everything. He's in every single freaking movie now. Um, he's not in now. He's always been in every yes. movie. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. That's terrible knowledge, Robin. Don't expect me not to remember. Morgan Freeman, thank Morgan you. Morgan Freeman, thank you. It takes oh, a man, yeah. our buddy, play action reel from Gilbert, Arizona, to remember Morgan Freeman, one of the most <laughs> iconic voices in the history what of men- civilization. Well, George Burns was the most iconic voice of God. But he was an act that George Burns didn't do voiceovers. Like, I know. Morgan Freeman does everything. He played God. He played the president in a recent movie that nobody saw. Although, if I were going to think of a voice of God, I think it would be, for me, it would be uh, the other, um, the guy who played, uh, you are, um, I am your father. Um, what's oh, yeah, James Earl Jones. James, James Earl Jones, Jones is that, another one. Me, and Bing Rames, too, because he says, we right. have the meats. <laughs> James Earl Jones is a good one. And not, not Gilbert Gottfried. I, he's the voice of God, but I don't want Gilbert Gottfried having anything to do with anything involving my life story, even though he's crazy and he's fun. No, God doesn't either. Jason, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put your hands together for the greatness that is. Jason Levy, formerly of Santa Cruz, formerly of the Bay Area now, hunkered down in Gilbert, Arizona, baby. Thank you, Jason. Hey, go Niners in three weeks when you're at the Super Bowl. Well, they got to go Niners this weekend before yeah. they can get to the Super Bowl with us. We're going. We don't know if the Unless Niners you have are. some insider information, and then we'll, you know, we'll put, we'll bet the house on it. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you, thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Continued success. That's an amazing story. We love those stories, and this isn't one that gets a lot of national attention. And so, when we found out about Jason, not just because he listened to me and he knew who I was. But the fact that he does listen to me and who I was was the reason we were able to find him. Yeah. Well, um, one of his, the, the person who's helping him write his book um, reached out um, to us because I've worked with her before. And she reached out and said, hey, I have this amazing story. I know that the book's not ready yet, but um, awesome. I think that he would be a great guest on your show. And uh, I read the little synopsis that she had written. And I was like, wow, this is what an uplifting truly amazing story and we we wish him all the best i know that the this next big surgery is scary i mean whenever you're going into somebody's brain you don't know what the outcome's gonna my be my surgery last year was on the other end of my body 
Yes. Because yes. there's two ends that matter. The brain and then the other part. Where a lot of people have their brains, yes. unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's get it back to uh, whatever we were talking about. Now, of course, we've got... Uh, now we we did got open football this weekend. We, we will have up the, the phone locks. lines, by the way, uh, right. for if anybody wants to call in and um, either comment on any of the topics. That Before we, we do that, let's play a quick funny video here. Okay. My buddy Scout with Brian, who we have on our NBA guy. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how old this is, but it's still funny. You know how when the Powerball jackpot gets up to like a hundred million dollars, the local TV stations send reporters out to go to one of these lottery places, you know, which is pretty much every ten feet. So this was out at Fox 5, I believe, in Las Vegas, in Prim, Nevada. You know where Prim is, right, Robin? Uh, it's right in the middle of right the desert. When you're going toward right, Las Vegas, fly, driving from, Cali- from California. Yeah, and there's, like, outlets and there stuff like that. There used to be like a Prim not- resort there, but I think right. that went defunct. So anyway, this is a local Fox 5 reporter in Las Vegas who went to Prim and didn't get any trim, although she's hot. And she starts interviewing people, filling out Powerball tickets, and you got to watch and listen this one is really, really, really good. All right. We're here at the line where people are doing it uh, the old-fashioned way. They're just filling out bubbles here. I want to turn some of these people around and ask you guys, sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? Uh, I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Oh, those are your lucky numbers. Can I tell you what? Do you know your chances of winning? Slim to none. Slim to none. You're right. Let me tell you, it's one out of 292 million. What do you think about that? I knew it. You knew it. <laughs> your, your numbers are lucky, though. Am I right? I hope so. I hope so. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay. That's not I'm good. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's a different answer. <laughs> a bunch of hookers and cocaine. Yeah, baby. Yeah. You know what I would do? I want a hundred million dollars, Robin. <laughs> I tell you what I do. Chicks at the same time. Man. Exactly Yeehaw. right, dude. Oh <laughs> exactly. my gosh. Now we've been to Prim. This is, this when is we what drove, when we used to drive from LA yeah. through the, that's the Nevada California state line there. And that's what happens when you don't have a production assistant <laughs> with you that pre-qualifies your person. No, that's real. That's raw. That's what people want to hear on TV. You don't rehearse. You know, impromptu going into a lottery agency, filling out lottery tickets. We've oh, seen worse God. stuff. The guy who used to, to do the F him in the pussy a couple years ago. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Whenever yeah. there was a reporter outside doing a yes, story, the guy would, would jump guy. in pretending he was an eyewitness to something. And then he would pretend, and he looked serious. And then all of a sudden he would drop a profanity, the, uh, the ever famous F him in the pussy line that became popular a couple of years ago. And so that's the chance when you're doing a live shot. That never happens to Jen Fred, our good friend. Well, I no, know. She's, had, she's had a couple of interesting ones, I'm sure. Steve Keeley's had some interesting yeah. one, but that's usually when he's like out watching on the side oh. and, and then the snow comes and blows him away. I want to participate. Oh, God. Yes, I, I hear you, man. Uh, or lady. Yes. Oh, God. That's not a man. Now this is, um, oh. play. Isn't that John's from Abington? Normally, his sound. It's so weird. It's like a it's it's a non name. It's an it's, anonymous blurb. It's an anonymous blurb. It doesn't Dude. even say who joined. How weird. Dude. I know. <laughs> AJ in San Antonio, <laughs> hookers and cocaine. I guess no one goes to Disney World anymore. <laughs> you never know. You walk around ah. and you know. It's, Trust me, if you're walking around in Disney World and you get to go into the parade because you won like $100 million in lottery, because they bring athletes in there and they put them in the daily parade, 
you know, when there's not athletic achievements, D Disneyland still has the oh, yeah. the electric parade yeah, every day. And and you're um, the guy that you used to work My with. My former boss, he arranges that. He arranges all those special I never appeared in the Disneyland parade. But imagine you win the lottery and you go to where are you going? Well, first I'm going to get some hookers and cocaine. Then <laughs> and I'm going then, to Disney World, baby. And I'm well, how about this? Them. I'm going to go to Disney World first and then when all the uh, what do we call them? The Bhutans in the park uh -huh. realize I got a hundred million. Oh, they're going to yeah, become yeah. hookers, the and they're going to the princesses who want to get out of there, you who know? don't want to make ten dollars a day, twenty dollars a day. I wonder how much the characters a make. Of shit. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> D. Ruiz seven nineteen seventy. Disney's too expensive for a lotto winner. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they now have a Coke room up in these. What's the club called? Club thirty three. Yes. You can go in the back room. And get some, uh, get some princesses who, you know, who ran afoul of the Disney mottos. Or the evil princesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not fact, many of those. I have tape of one right now. I fucking AJ in San Antonio says, well, he could buy Euro Disney with, with that kind of money. Hundred million, I think. Do they have a champagne? He could buy Euro Disney for that amount of money. I just said that. Oh no, I, I didn't. I, well, he AJ's uh, very active on the Twitch stream today, as as are many other people. The Coke rooms run on top of the Matterhorn, you know, where what's her face goes up, Tinkerbell, then slides down. Yeah. That's only in California. That's they don't have them. People don't realize that there is no Matterhorn ride at Disney World in Florida. It is only at Disneyland in Anaheim. Correct. And um, maybe that's what uh, Tinkerbell's uh, dust is. The She's up there doing dust. pixie dust. And, pixie dust. And what's the other dust? And, uh, pixie dust is the no, other No, there's another term that the actual drug. Uh, oh, oh. What's An the other? Angel, Angel dust. dust. Angel dust. Well. Angel dust, yo. It's a close relative. <laughs> Coke room atop the Matterhorn. <laughs> The Matterhorn always breaks breaks down when I go there, because when you look at that ride, that's old. That's from the fifties when Disneyland first opened, and it's basically like a toboggan ride. But my favorite part of when the Matterhorn stops is the Spanish-speaking voice guy who's no longer with us. Permanente sentados, por favor. Mendeni humanos es Pedro's. You know when he does the whole thing about keep your hands and your feet. That's good stuff there, man. And by the way, I think I heard the eye poppy sound on the uh, Pixar Coco movie ride that they're going to have <laughs> soon. <though. laughs> That's the X-rated Coco. Cuckoo for Coco puffs the ride. Ooh. But no, the X-rated. Haven't they done an X-rated version of Coco yet? I don't know. I, I'm sure that I know that they have the X-rated version of pretty much everything, and we no Koki we was not talked one of the, about the X-rated version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. No, so. there have been. Trust me, there've been oh, X-rated. Oh no, yeah, I know. School. We talked about it. <laughs> there, no, it's now 916 that they were going to build a copy of the Matterhorn Mountain at the at Disney, but they built the uh, but never built the Swiss Pavilion at Epcot. Ah. And so it was not an opening day attraction. They opened it in 59. So when they opened Disneyland in California in the early 50s, they kept adding right. rides every year, it. obviously. And the Matterhorn, according to our sources deep within the Disney community, opened in 1959. Before we go to the phones, Tony, yes. I want to give a shout-out. Did we out. give out the phone number? 
215-462-TONY. That's 215-462-8669. And before we go to the phones, though, we do have somebody on hold. Um, I want to give a shout-out and uh, thoughts to all of our colleagues that are uh, part of the iHeart. Absolutely. uh, I tweeted that yesterday. Employee... I, purge. Well, I mean, purge you want to talk about the purge? It's this this was the biggest purge since the first purge movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that everybody knows uh, some some on air personality some. in their in their hometown somewhere that is gone now. All of a sudden, as of Tuesday, there was Tuesday layoffs. There was layoffs uh, Wednesday, and I think that it would, I even read in um that there were some even more today so it's it's painful it yeah is so and this is, remember this is a company that started off as clear channel years ago and then it became iheart they restructured it and every city has multiple iheart stations and i'm not ripping the employees the employees work they want a job they're in media you work at an iheart station you know you go to work every day and you hope that you keep your job and unfortunately you know it's, they're they're basically blowing out all the on-air staff. In fact, one of the first stories I saw is that if you go to an iHeart station and you had a favorite on-air personality there, they already, like, wiped, wiped clean yeah. all, any reference to any of the on-air talent. You know when you go to a radio station, on-air right. personalities, and no, you go no. on they, there to they click? They just made it all blank. They didn't even put up any of the new information. They just took everything off. Scary I times. hate to do it to the executives. It's not the employees, and it's not well, the it, local management. This is a corp because they're you know they're hemorrhaging yeah. money, yeah. like a lot of these companies are. But let's just keep putting on all these iHeart award shows and you know big concerts and stuff. When all the talent's gone, everybody will be a voice track. It's an outrage. Let's go to the phones, Tony. Let's go to the phones. Who do we have on the line right now? Hello. Hello. Hello? Anybody there? Oh. What up, Miss Robbins? Oh, what up? What up? What up, yo? What up? What up? Or, I should, or if I should say now, what up, grandpas? What up, grandpa? You know, people think, listen, there's no one happier on earth than me that I'm a grandpa. You know, my, my son's 41 years old. 41? Yeah, and his wife's 35, so obviously, you know. No 34? Th- no 44. He was a couple years ago. But so, uh, you know, he got married, what, three years ago now? You know, and they wanted to have children. Like my other two children, my, my son Chris is married, and my daughter Deanna, who's not married, they don't have children. You know, and they're in their 30s. And so, again, I never pressured my kids, hey, make sure you get me grandkids, you know? Kids do what they want. If my kids don't want to have children, I'm not going to say I want to, you, you, I deserve a grandchild. You better go make one for me. You know? <laughs> so I was happy, and I'm, I'm really glad. You know, hopefully I'll be around one he, he turns 21. Except when he turns 21, I will be, uh, let's see. 64? No, no. Yes, yes that's exactly no. right, Jose. When, when he turns, when little Dominic <laughs> Vincent Bruno turns 21, you know how old I would be, Robin? Good 64s? Lord will. 88. 88 years old. Holy smokes, like Eric Lindros, yo. Yeah, except not young and big and strong. 88. And, and fight people. If you think I'm old now. I will not be able to go on Big Thunder Mountain Runaway Train. Or what about Space Mountains, yo? I, I don't know at 88 if I could do Space Mountain. Cujo, Cujo No says, Tony's got to get set someone on the Twitch stream up with his daughter. Now, what do you think this is? Was it a dating game, yo? I what know. do you think this is, Tinder? Or, or Ashley Madison or something? Exactly right. 
No, my daughter is not uh, messing around with married men. Sorry, folks, but you get one of those. She's off the board, yo. Yeah, Tony's a big believer about uh, people being able to choose who they want to be with themselves. Oh, by the way, we got breaking news out of City Shea Stadium Field. Yes, Carlos Beltran. Come on down. You're the next contestant the unemployment Astro Scandal hotline. Carlos Beltran, who, who finishes his New York Mets career as the only undefeated manager in Mets <laughs> history. Yes. That's well, that, yes. Other than that, what up, manager Hunton? Sorry, but David jo- David Johnson's too old. Jeff Torborg's too old. Uh, Bobby Valentine is somewhere coaching in Japan. I think uh, he's still got the glasses on. By the way, did you <laughs> see who the Astros are already interviewing? Yesterday they interviewed Buck Showalter. Yeah, and of course, great manager. Buck was around a long time. Unfortunately for uh, for Buck Showalter, his last gig was Baltimore, where they won 47 games a couple of years ago. Remember that? They yeah, were and they 40... went to the playoffs a few times. No, I mean, Buck Showalter, again, legendary manager. John manager. Gibbons is in there today, the former Blue Jay, two-time manager Damn. of the Blue Jays, John the two, Gibbons. The two-term former Blue Jay manager. Exactly. And so, yes, the, the bottom line is this. The retreads keep getting phone calls. And again, I'm not I'm not I'm not anti Buck Showalter. I'm not I'm not anti John Gibbons. You know, but what are you gonna do? When you, you have to fire your, your manager, you have to get rid of your coaching staffs. You gotta fire your GMs, yo. Exactly. Houston for that matter. I will not be as nutty as the Lindros parents to my godson. What up, Bonnie and uh Carl? That is great, Bonnie and Carl. Let me give you a roaring round of applause for that. <laughs> See how many people can pull Bonnie and Carl Lindros, the famous Lindros parents, who were not quite as bad as the Todd Marinovich dad era. Oh, the, uh, the micro, the, the, the bionic dad. Yes, remember Todd Marinovich, USC quarterback back in the day. Yep, and his, hander Yep, big first-round draft pick. His dad basically programmed this kid at a young age. Not to, to eat uh, hamburgers. and Exactly. Uh, not eat French fries and Big Macs and all that. Exactly. I saw the... I saw the 30 for 30 on that. Like, see, I didn't say I remember living through that and, and re- we're seeing it. And Todd Moran, you know, but the amazing thing is like Tiger Woods' dad back in the day when he was five, he had him on Mike Douglas' show here in Philly hitting a Tiger golf ball. But Tiger Woods developed a passion. His dad didn't like badger him to play golf. Tiger liked it as an early age and he kept playing it. But what parents who badger their kid, I'm not talking about the honey badger because he's good. And the honey badger, you know what the honey badger, right? What happens? He don't give a shit yeah, about anything. He, you know what I'm saying? He don't give a you shit. Remember about the nothing. honey bag, honey badger? What up, Tyron Matthew? Exactly right. You're going to see him in action for your Andy Reid led Kansas City Chiefs. What up, Arrowhead Stadiums? Exactly right. Who do you like, Jose? I'm, uh, I like Tennessee, Kansas City, the first game. Let me play a little NFL music. We will release the picks Can tomorrow. We play the CBS music. Let yo? me give you some NFL because I know you're all over it. But I know we got to talk hockey too because. Yes, we do. How about let's do hockey talk first because the Philadelphia you know what Flyers. Happened in St. Louis last night, yo. Yes, this is what they were playing. OT action versus the world champion Blues and Greg Berube's, yo. And how about those Philadelphia Flyers, baby? They were playing this. Well, guess what? Laura Brannigan left the building after we took care of business in St. Louis last night. But even even the great. Coach of the St. Louis Blues, the Craig former Berube. Craig Berube gave the, the Flyers the chief who we we had. I have 
I still have the Chiefs signed uh, Bud Light cans yep, yep, for the yep. Stanley Cup champions that he signed for me. Number for 17, Joe, and number 32 in your program. Exactly right. Even he gave the Flyers love after the game and said, hey, you know what? This is a tough team to play against. So the good news, if you're a fan of any team, you want to see young talent developed. I know that Carter Hart mm-hmm. is now out two to three weeks with a lower body injury. That would be that abdominal strain injury. Yo. Yeah, they actually named it an abdominal because normally they say lower body instead oh, of hockey. Oh, guess what we have coming into the center tonight, yo, at 7 o'clock. Who do we have tonight? What up? Uh, Les Habitants. Les Habitants de Montreal. Yes, indeed. And the Philadelphia Flyers, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just uh, recap for those of you who don't follow hockey, which is most of the media in this country, including ESPN. The Philadelphia Flyers, ladies and gentlemen. You see what they did in their recent games? Yep. Three and one, Jose. Who did they beat? They beat the Capitals, who were the hottest team in hockey. They beat the Boston Bruins in a shootout. And we now beat the world champions. And the world champions, their only loss, a one-goal loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they went through a murderer's row of tough teams. And, and we're 3-1 through that. Exactly right. What up, Barclays Plager? What up? What up, Barclays Plager? What up, Les Habitants? What up, uh, the Bell Center? Exactly what right. What up, Montreal Forums? What up, uh, Yvonne Cornier and Bob Ganey and... Big Bird, Larry Robinsons, and Frank Mahovlich. The French, don't, don't forget the French connection line, too. They were in Buffalo, though. That's a no, different that's line. That's Gil Robert, Rudy, uh, Mike Garay, and Rudy jo- Gobert. No, Rudy Gobert plays in the NBA. Other uh, than Rene that, Robert. Rene Robert, eh? Rene the Rabbit Robert. And Daniel Garay. No, Danny Gare. Well, other than that. Oh, I, I'll say, I got to give you one of these oh, now, no. man. <laughs> I hate to do it to you. I got to give you one of these for bad hockey knowledge right there. <laughs> I, already know, I know a little of my Buffalo Sabres, man. I, just I do Gilbert. too, man. I love the odd. The, the, you know, the odd was the only arena of all the buildings, the that barns, as we used to call bat. it. Not only not the fog and the bat, it had like a tunnel system. Instead of the, when you walk through the concourse, you had to go through tunnels in Buffalo. Damn, they had tunnels at the odd, yo. Absolutely, yo. Absolutely. Ooh. What up, Guy Lafleur? What up, Frank Mahovlich and his younger brother, Peter Mahovlich? Yeah, yeah, Peter played for that team, too. He, I think the true story is he's the one that got Frank in Montreal from that trade from Detroit because Mahovlich was playing alongside the likes of Ted Lindsay and uh, Mr. Gordy Howell. That is great Red Wing knowledge right there. He's what up, Serge Savard? What up, Guy Lapointe, <laughs> number five? No, there's no E. The E is silent. You leave it off. Guy Lapointe. Yep. Come on. What up, Big Birds? That was Don Seleski, though, but that's the Flyers. No, that's Larry Robinson. Larry Robinson, the other big bird. Yep. This is great hockey knowledge. What You're up, Steve Schutt and Jock Lemaire? <laughs> what up, Brian Ingblom and, and Steve Penny? And, uh, Don't forget one of the greatest goalies of all time for your mantra. Ken Dryden. The Ken Doc Dryden. Ken, Ken Dryden was way before. Jock Plant. Jock Plant back in the area. Jock Plant was before Ken Dryden. Then you uh, had George Ken. Vecina. George Vezina. George Vezina, number, the name of what is now called the Vezina Trophy for the best goaltender in hockey. And the Jack Adams Trophy for the best record and goalie tandem in hockey. I'm going to have the Jack Daniels tra- Trophy when I go up to uh, New York after the Super Bowl for the Tony yeah. Bruno Bash and the big uh, uh, award ceremony there in New York City. Gonna be what awesome. up, Times Squares? Other than that, I will get to the football tomorrow, Jose. Just give me your two pick, your two winners. Tennessee, Kansas, Kansas City, who do you like? 
I'm taking Big Red coming out of the AFC. I think Travis Henry's Cinderella run will come to an end at Arrowhead. No, he's not a Cinderella story. That guy's legit. They, they so slow him down. I think the Titans magic carpet right ends in KC. And then who do you like in the NFC 640 start on Fox? Up in Santa Clara's. Yep. Uh, I'm taking the Niners. The Niners, by the way, the number now, seven and a half, opened up at seven. San Francisco now up a half point a smidgen. And CBS, the line on the Tennessee-Kansas City game, Robin, started off at 7. Oh, I And now some... it's up to 7. So the wow. line in the Kansas City game mm-hmm. is now 7 from 7.5. So the line went down a half a point in the t- Tennessee-Kansas City game from 7.5 to 7. In the San Francisco game, it went from 7 to 7.5, the Niners' favorite. Oh, and by the way, before I go, uh, my condolences go out to Miss Robbins and Kristen and uh... – the greatness that is the great mighty Kimberlin for their loss of their uncle. Uh, my my dad, you mean? Yes, their dad, okay. their grandfather. Yeah, grandfather. Yes, that was. Yeah, I mean, we've been through a lot. I mean, a lot of people are going through. But lad, dad, uh, Robin lost her dad. We lost a neighbor the other day. You, but we you, brought Jose. in a new life yesterday. The great. I hope, yes. I hope Kristen and uh, the greatness of this of the Kimberlin get that message from me personally. I absolutely. absolutely will and of course, make don't sure. forget about the Dominic Vincent Bruno, yo. What up, Dominic Vincent Brunos? Or as we call him in hockey, DBB, baby. The DBB <laughs> line. DBB line. Oh, well, that should be number two behind the legendary LCB line, the great number seven, 27, and 16. Billy Barber, Bobby Clark, and Reggie Leach, the, LC, the, yo. the LCB line. Not the liquor control board line. We don't oh, like I that line. I forgot to mention, on this day in history, you know what happened a couple days ago last week? What happened? Uh, I think it was June, January. Oh, 11th. we did it! The miracle. I mean, the uh, the no, Russian, no, no. the Russian beatdown. Yes. That's oh yeah, it. we we celebrated the anniversary here. We I did a whole that. segment on it. Oh, but uh, I didn't get the chance to speak on it. I saw I got the DVD yo of that game. Not the where... BBD, as Play Action Real says. Mm-hmm. Not the RBD, Rob the Van Dam, and of course the JVR, James Van Riemsdyk. Part two. No. Exactly right. Thanks, Jose. No problem. What up, Vaslov Trutschak? What up? Yep. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Jose from Norristown. Let's put your hands together. Robin, can you please give me my hands together music? Thank you. Not the LSMFT line. See, Robin's not old enough to remember that. And uh, Don Juan is... Not the JCBD the Jean-Claude Van Damme line, not the PCP line, not the STD line, but the best one so far today, Robin, not the LSMFT. You know what that stands for, Robin? That's old school. Sorry, sorry. The LS, let me see, see if anybody else gets it, because our buddy Don Juan 0720 says not the LSMFT. Let's see if you know, Robin. LSMFT. It's nothing to do with hockey. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with smoking. Not in the boys' room. Smoking. Robin, I got that uh, beep, beep, beep things going. Not drinking. Smoking. LSMFT. I don't know. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. Oh. 
That's how old school that was. Wow. On the Lucky Strike. And I know because my dad used to smoke. Not only but I wasn't a big smoker. I, I wasn't either, but my dad smoked Lucky Strikes back in the day. So you knew that. So I remember watching the commercials when they had cigarette commercials on. LSMFT. Speaking of old school, and we talked about it with the new trailer that came out for the new 007 movie. Yes. We have an official, official announcement that no, there is not, absolutely not going to be a female 007. That is an absolute, that is sexist, misogynistic. What are they going to do now? Not have Bond banging every chick that he meets within seconds of meeting them and he has them in bed? No, but I actually kind of like this. So the, the franchise is helmed by a woman. The franchise of the 007 franchise. Is this a Bond update? This is a Bond update. Damn it, Robin. Why didn't you tell me we were doing a Bond? Not Gold Bond, Medicated Power. No, 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 okay. no. This is a Bond update. Um, and the woman who, at, who is at the helm of the James Bond film franchise mm-hmm. says that 007... Isn't that, what's his name? Cubby Broccoli's daughter? Yeah, her name is Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. Yeah, but because the original guy was... Uh, the dad was did all the movies, the Bond right. movies. So well, she took she over. She inherited control of the spy saga with her half brother Michael Wilson in the 1990s, and um, with the trailer that came out where it looked like there was a female Bond, and then they were speculating about. Well, there is a chick in the movie. Yes, but she's a 006. I heard she's she was a. The, I heard she was double D's uh, when I was checking later on. She's part of the 00 franchise. Right, but there's no. There's, there can't be another 007. Right. Well, here's it's no. This is, that's wrong. There can be another 007. How can there be another 007? Barbara Broccoli says a... Um, not broccoli. The, no, not broccoli. Broccoli. She says that the, uh, the 007 can continue with other men of any ethnicity, but they will never be a woman. And here's why, and I actually like what she said. Because um, the original uh, James Bond author... Ian Fleming was a sexist? No, oh. <laughs> as absolutely not. So so he, she said, 007 can be of any color, but he is male. I believe we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that. I agree. I love that. I love that. It's, it's a woman saying it, so yeah. you can't rip her. Nope. But the bottom line is... So as as uh, <laughs> and I'm very happy to hear this. Not beef and broccoli. No, I never I, eat that. I never eat and the Chinese. I never order the beef and broccoli uh, because the meat looks like it. It could be dog meat. It could be horse meat. It just that's what I see. Well, I want give me chicken. I don't want beef and broccoli or beef anything in slopped in at a, at a, at a buffet somewhere. If there's beef in a buffet, buffet, I'm not any going anywhere near it, Robin. When you order the beef and beef broccoli, beef and broccoli is good. You're wrong. Bad. And um, S Falcon thirty nine. Why no more crossovers with Harry and Aton? Well, it's usually Wednesday, usually and we Wednesday, weren't here. Yes, we weren't here yesterday, and we absolutely still will have crossovers. It's just that there's been things that have gotten in the way the last two times. So, by the way, there should be. I, I agree. There should be a female Jaws hit hit the F and post sixty four. We need a female Jaws, not the not the shark Jaws, the character Jaws. Oh, Richard Kyle, who played Jaws, yeah. and he had those teeth. Yeah, imagine a woman. With biting off a man's... A big, big woman? Doesn't even have to be big. Well, wouldn't it have to be? Because that's... Well, I guess it wouldn't no. have to be. It just it would have to be a woman have with, to be a BBW. with uh, teeth like that. Jaws wasn't a BB man, BBM. Well, but I mean, he was a big guy. Yeah, so you can have a big, tall woman, a mm-hmm. wrestling type. Yeah. And then she's Jaws, and then 
to kill the the bad guys, she would bite the pecker off the guy. Ooh. That would be like a combination of Lorena Bobbitt. She no, used scissors though. No, uh, pussy. Pussy galore. Pussy galore and Jaws combined together into one character. Yeah. Yeah. But there you have it. That's your 007 female. I don't even have update. the Bond theme in here. I used to have it in here. That pisses me off. I do have the Jaws theme, though, since I mentioned Jaws. Let me play a little bit of that just to make it sound good. <laughs> has absolutely nothing to do with this particular Jaws, but hey, whatsoever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Dean. Hey, what up, Tony? Um... I just got here. I haven't seen any of the show today, so can you give me a quick recap of today's festivities? Dean, this is an outrage. Oh, we do have a Dean a thank you to Dean. We were able to give a fa fantastic congratulatory uh, bottle of wine to... Yes, we re-gifted. Yes, we re-gifted, <laughs> and we appreciate it. So but I said, you know, because when the baby's in, in NIC, uh, NICU, you can't really give anything to baby yet because they're not allowed no, to have anything No, the baby can't drink there. wine. Even though his name is Dominic Vincent, yeah. he's going to have his share of quality red wine. Right. Trust me. Well, he might get it secondhand yes. because Sarah So I said, what do we bring? Robin wanted to go to like to a driving down 95 all the way to Annapolis over said, the Bay Bridge. Well, oh, let's stop at a, a kitty shop. I said, you don't buy anything for a preemie. What are you going to buy well, him? Well, because he came so unexpectedly. Like, they don't have anything. They're completely un... And they give him... They yeah. actually give little uh, little putties on yeah. them every day. Yeah. They turn Different it sideways. Name. It's not a bill cap, though. No, no, no. It's a, in like a couple a of months when he starts growing, they're going to put the hat on sideways and make him gangster. But I now you know I now have time. I can, I can crochet him some booties. You can crochet booty anytime. And it'd be like a, a, a little old grandma crocheting. Exactly. Picture me. Picture me doing this. <laughs> what about a female odd job? Yeah, about a couple of odd jobs from females in the past, but I mean, who has it? Now, <laughs> we are over time, and the reason why is because we didn't uh, start normally. Uh, we never start normally, Robin. <laughs> So we are we're we're just gonna continue going. Do we have any Florida updates today, Robin? Uh oh, you did send me one. Did I send you one? No, I don't think you sent. We talked about it this morning. I don't think you were going to send it to me. It was about somebody down in Florida that did something, and then I went, "Oh well, yeah." It's every Shoot. second of every day. What was it? I do have an Atlantic City update though, and I showed Dean, who's a big stock market guy, can't be happy with this news. I gotta find it now. We were talking about it. You were in the office. I was upstairs grabbing something, and you just look up Florida, Robin. There's a, there's a million Florida stories. But while I hate to do it to you, you are our Florida correspondent. Well, we got a little busy right beforehand. N not that kind of busy, unfortunately. But we <sighs> <Not> did. <that laughs> um, I want to give this is stoppage time. You're right. I want to give a reminder or an update, or actually, this is a news release <laughs> about tomorrow. So tomorrow, you guys are getting a twofer. Twofer? Yes. Twofer Friday? Yes, we're doing a twofer Friday. We're wow, doing our wait, regular show. breaking news. Yes. yes. Let me play this here. We are doing our regular show from 1 to 3, and then we are going to break, and then we are going to come back in studio for a special one-hour program with an in-studio guest, um, Darius Mayfield, who we talked um, about uh, was it last week or the week before, who is coming to Philly. He's organizing with the help of many different people, and the more the merrier, the uh, next I'm Philly cleanup no, that guy's not helping out. on April 4th. 
um, we are going to do a special because this is one of your pet peeves, Tony Bruno, about how the um, city is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm not even talking about the crimes and that stuff. I There's know. nothing we can do to fix that. But um, the uh, um, there's been a couple different cities where they've done, gone in, and one of the gentlemen who is involved is Scott Pressler. Yes. Um, he he does has, it all over the country. Yeah, he's done it all over the country, and he picked up with help of volunteers. Los Angeles was the first place he did it. Picked up one ton of trash in a day, and um, now they pick up more than a ton, Robin. They pick up tons of trash. Okay, well, well, no, I mean, but with that particular section that he did, he picked up one ton of okay. trash in, in I forget how many hours. And Scott Pressler, he's going to be calling into the show tomorrow. Darius Mayfield is going to be that's in studio. That's our second one. And that's the second show tomorrow, special show we are going to have. Now, if we did a Friday night show, that would be a three-way day, yeah. so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but um, I'm very excited. So anybody that uh, – we. That especially if you live here in Philadelphia, please listen, tell your friends, and uh, call in about neighborhoods that are having issues. Um, and we we want to show as much love as possible and get as many volunteers as possible for this April fourth Philly we uh, Philly Trash Day. And by the way, this is a cheap shot at Florida, which is not true. You know, you want uh, where where is it here? Somebody's ripping the Florida. The Orlando Magic. That's Ramrocks. It's Florida update. Orlando Magic suck. Now back to you. Actually, the Orlando Magic last night, Robin, played the Los Angeles Lakers mm -hmm. out at the Staples Center and beat the Lakers. And you know who stepped up hugely? Markel Fultz, the much maligned former first-round overall pick by the 76ers in 2017, who they mishandled and then kept telling us he was three weeks away from being three weeks away and then having to sit on the bench. And then once again, the Sixers, who have been doing this for decades, or at least since the new ownership groups had them, kept saying, oh, you know. And then they finally traded him and got nothing for him. They made him sit around. He had all kinds of shoulder issues. They, they concealed the reasons why he got hurt. People say it was an ATV accident. They didn't want to be straight with the people. Markel Fultz last night. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, his second triple-double of the season, and the Orlando Magic snapped the Lakers' nine-game winning streak. Quinn Cook, who was a, was a high school teammate, although he was there a couple years before Markell, was playing for the Lakers. They went to DeMatha down there in Prince George's County. We went to Prince Anne County yesterday. Anne Arundel, Robin. They named everything after the Brits down there in Maryland, as you well know, because we kicked their asses down there many, many years ago, actually a couple of centuries ago. But anyway, Markel Fultz, ladies and gentlemen, now starting to mature healthy confidence from a coaching staff that is helping him get better as opposed to a coaching staff in an organization that picked him number one overall and wasted him for over a year in the NBA, which is why I have to give the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Process Trusters, another one of these. Markel Fultz, getting it done. Triple-double, yo. Even, the, even LeBron James after the game was giving him love. And obviously, I mentioned 
Quinn Cook, who was another guy that paid his dues. He wasn't a, a, a number one overall pick. He's been in the D League. He's bounced around. Now he's back with the uh, Lakers. He played the he played last night against Markel, and he gave him love as you know, Kitty grew up with Dematha High. I mentioned down there in Maryland, my Maryland. But I have another story, Robin, that w- will not surprise a lot of people. Atlantic City. Can I do an Atlantic City update, Robin? Absolutely. It's not Florida. It's like Atlantic City, ladies and gentlemen, still sucks out loud. Let me go to the update desk. And this is a story that should concern a lot of people. You know why? It's an outrage. It is an outrage. The CEO of Hard Rock International says Atlantic City, quote, is going in the wrong direction and is in worse shape than when the global entertainment company bought its casino there nearly three years ago. Wow. Do you know how much he paid for the Hard Rock, which used to be one of the Trump things? I think it was the Trump Taj Mahal, which is now Hard Rock. He paid, well, not he personally, he and the Hard Rock company invested $562 million into Atlantic City. And the CEO today, who's a guy who started out making like $6 an hour. Did you know that back in no. the day? So yes. He was, well, what did he start off as? Started out as a, as a cook at Bally's in Atlantic City. 40 years ago, the CEO of Bally's in Atlantic City. Now, not Bally's Atlantic City. The CEO of the entire a Hard Rock International company wow. that runs them. So this happened this morning. So anyway, I'll get to the, to, the, uh, to the guy in just a moment. But his name is Jim Allen. Jim Allen today handed out bonuses to his employees, totaling $2 million to 2,900 full-time employees. He said the company's willing to be a part of the solution in Atlantic City, but he's not encouraged by recent developments. There's going to be a special election on March 31st in Atlantic City. And Jim Allen is pissed off because here he is pumping money into Atlantic City. Right? They finally got all the casinos and gambling there, and now they have sports books at all these places, which they should have done decades ago. So now he's pissed off because Hard Rock is not part of the move to change Atlantic City's form of government. And what's happening is Atlantic City, if you've been there, you know it's a shithole. This guy says the streetlights have been out for two months on several blocks along Pacific Avenue. And it's a sign of the continuing trend that concerns him, a man who invested a half a billion dollars in Atlantic City. Now, you've been, you've been to Atlantic City. Yeah. You know, Pacific Avenue is the main strip. And you can't have lights on there? And that's your main strip. That's where your money is being made. That's your only really source of revenue and jobs is the casinos along that block. Because let's be honest, with all due respect, Atlantic City, despite all the money and all the promises that once the casinos came, the city would see a you know a revitalization. It has only in certain spots. The rest of Atlantic City is still a shithole, unfortunately. It's really, really sad because if if Atlantic City did sort of the reimagining of what they offer to people the way Vegas did, they would be amazing because it's right there on the freaking and water. And by the way, Vegas was harder to build than yeah. Atlantic City. Atlantic City already had existing hotels that they just flipped into casinos. But here's the point. This guy started 40 years ago as a cook in Bally's Atlantic City making $6.11 an hour. 
and he wants to meet with the mayor of Atlantic City. Most of the mayors in Atlantic City go to jail, as you know. Mm -hmm. But Mayor Marty Small yesterday assembled a coalition of political, religious, and civic leaders to oppose the change of government plan. And the change of government plan that Mr. Allen and the Hard Rock Casino people want is to, how about fixing the damn city? How about the main street that runs right down where you pull into the casino hotels and, and having the electric work, having the lights on? So when people leave at night, when they're walking around, and by the way, the bonuses for the employees of the Hard Rock uh-huh. are the first in Atlantic City in at least 15 years. So here's a company that took a dying casino, the, the Trump Taj Mahal, and then pumps in a half a billion dollars, hires 2,872 full-time employees, gives them a bonus, and then has to beg to the, to the city of Atlantic City to fix lights that have been out for weeks on a main stretch. And you want to know why people hate government? And they're like, well, you know, I'm paying taxes. When you can't even provide electrical services to the main strip. Can imagine going to Vegas and going on the Las Vegas Strip and the lights are all out. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no, there's no. Uh... What does this have to do with sports? Hard Rock is a casino. People who like sports and especially now gambling, Steve. Go to Atlantic City, where they now have beautiful sports, sports books box. in the said casinos. So understand, Kabish? And so now you got a guy who's hiring a lot of people. This isn't about politics to me. This is about something that happened this morning. It's going to be a big story. Because when you've got people who invest money in corporations and investing money in Atlantic City, which took a long time to redo yeah. it. And it took him freaking forever to be able to get the sports books in there, which potentially has great profit and it does. It's driving Atlantic City right now is rivaling and in some cases driving more revenue, the state of New Jersey, Mm -hmm. than Las Vegas. Las Vegas was the only place you could bet. There were Reno, there were some other places, but everybody would have to go to Vegas or go online or call a bookie to make sports bets, right? Well, and unfortunately- Now Atlantic City finally, because the, the, the state of New Jersey, which still is operating in the 19th century, Pennsylvania's in the 20th century now, somehow. Somehow. Not in the 21st, you know. No, so. no, no, it's still not we're, there. we're 20 yeah. years into the 21st yeah. century, so we're going we're gonna to need- But New Jersey's still 19th century. And it's not perfect together. But anyway, congrats to the people who work hard at the Hard Rock. And I have no affiliations with Hard Rock. I never work for them. I don't do promotions for them. Although I do know the guy who is the GM there. And he's the guy that used to be the GM at uh, Borgata. Did you know that, Robin? Oh, I didn't realize that he switched over. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, I think... He's the Hard Rock president, Joe Lupo. Remember, we met Joe Lupo. He used to run the Borgata. I'm glad he's speaking out because I think Atlantic City has so much potential. You look at the old photographs of what it was in its heyday. And it's really, really sad how it was allowed to fall into what it is now. And the fact that there is this this prime real estate. It could be Vegas on the beach if they just allowed it to be. Well, they're trying. Trust me. Hard Rock, Borgata. These people have pumped a bunch of money in there oh, to make I these know, places beautiful again. But if they don't again. have the support from the state, it, it's just going to be throwing money. It's not money the state. This is, this is an Atlantic City. This is a city problem. This is a corrupt city problem. And Atlantic City, unfortunately, has been a corrupt city. The mayors all go to jail pretty much. Every mayor who's been there, I can remember. But here's the best part. Because think about Hard Rock. Hard Rock, as you know, Robin, Mm -hmm. is owned by the Seminole Tribe of Florida. It started out 
as the Hard Rock. Bring, I yeah, that. When, when I would go to Tampa. Uh-huh. The first Hard Rock Casino was the Hard Rock Seminole Casino, oh. and it started out as the Seminole Tribe of Florida. And so they expanded. Now there's hard rocks everywhere in Vegas. You know, they had the restaurants. This is a semi-hard rock rant. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you got to add, you know, I don't need to add it. Anyway, hard rock, people love it now. People want to go there, whether it's Vegas, Mm -hmm. Atlantic City. The brand is really, really, really strong. Very strong. And so they're going to spend $15 million in Atlantic City in 2020. Sports betting and, and hard rock is trailing the competition. Because they got in late mm-hmm. when all these other casinos were getting ready and Atlantic City yeah. finally got casino gambling. So that's how it relates to sports. So, you know, and, and when somebody does something for its employees and gives them bonus money that's for working their asses off yeah, I'm sure and they... dealing with customers and smoke and everything else that you have to deal with when you work in a casino, I'm happy to praise those people. And I'll praise the Hard Rock people. And a man who came from nowhere who's now running the entire organization, the corporation. We love those stories. That's what this is all about. It should be. I mean, you should be able to do that. You should be able to work your way up. Um, And it's great that the Hard Rock allowed that. Because a lot of times, somebody that worked in a quote-unquote lowly, what was he, a busboy? Or he worked in the kitchen? He was a chef, and he was a cook in Bally's in Atlantic City 40 years ago. There's a lot of organizations that are like, oh, well, you know, they can rise to a certain point, but they would never allow them to go farther than that. But it's awesome that they did. So anyway, there's your hard rock. It's a positive story. Yes. There's a negative aspect of it, meaning that if you're a major corporation and you spend money to provide jobs and then take care of the employees by giving them bonuses and you're not a government organization – that you run a private company, and the Seminole tribe pretty much runs the whole show, we're going to be angry at that? The fact that the guy took a shot, took a shot at the city that's not providing basic services like electricity, like lights outside of the buildings. You have a problem with that, Steve? You like paying taxes and then not having the lights on on your streets? You don't like the fact that a guy started making $6.11 an hour working in a kitchen and now is running a corporation? Would you rather us talk about people born to billionaires and millionaires born with silver spoons in their mouths who just take over the, the trust funds from mommy and daddy and then go out and buy cars and do coke and are pretty much bad human beings from Jump Street? It's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Yes, and the other story today, uh, Drew Rosenhaus has said bye-bye to Antonio Brown. Uh. And Drew Rosenhaus, as you know, I mean, he takes on clients. He's like the lawyer that has to take on the most heinous criminals. Like there's a woman who's the lawyer for, uh, what's his face, the, 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 the Me Too guy in L.A. Oh, yeah, Avenatti? No, no, the guy, the Hollywood producer, Robin. Oh, Wein- Weinstein. Michael, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein is one of the most the biggest scumbags in Hollywood history. Yes. He got hot chicks to sleep with him. I got my scumbags. You got to get your scumbags confused. in order. We're going to have Sorry. to do a top ten scumbag list one of these days, Robin. Harvey Weinstein was right up there, and he had his friends protecting him, even though he was abusing women by promising them parts in movies and all this other stuff to, to sleep with him. Those are the scumbags of the world. So she has to. He has to have a lawyer. Of course, because everybody's entitled to a lawyer. So imagine, and then the lawyer 
for Harvey Weinstein, who's a woman who knows that this guy is basically charged with all of these Me Too women sexual assault, rape, whatever it is, you have a right to an attorney, and you have the right to remain silent and all that other shit. But anyway, I like to talk about good people. I don't want to hear from the scumbags. Drew Rosenhaus. Not really a scumbag. He's doing his job. No, he's doing but he, he did the right thing. He said, look, you, you dude, you're... Sooner or later, enough is enough. Yeah. You know, we've seen lawyers, like, drop, drop clients and... and and Drew Rosenhaus, who's represented he, I mean, some he, really powerful yeah, people, said, enough is enough. I have had it. He stuck by him for a long time, hoping that uh, Antonio Brown would get help and would change or would wisen up. And apparently that's not happening. So as we said before, when we gave that story in the video of him in front of his house, the dude needs help. He seriously yeah, needs help. He needs, a, he needs major doctors, not yeah. lawyers right now. But anyway, enough about that. But, you know, then Dean, that son of a bitch, Dean, just checks in. He gave me great hard rock knowledge because I do have great hard rock knowledge. And Bob from Valley Forge, you need Viagra to sponsor the show if you want a full hard rock on hard rock rant. No, not anymore. I'm a hymns guy or a Roman guy. Actually, I don't need any of that shit. But anyway, the bottom line is this, Dean. He says, I want him to hear a recap for the show. I don't want to hear about you going to Maryland. Really? Now, there's breaking news that just came out um, at, well, just like 10 minutes ago. The rumor is that Astros, Jose Wait Altamir- a minute, this is breaking news, yes. Robin. Let me get you the breaking news sound. It's not official unless it's breaking news. Now, is this on a legitimate site? I don't want anything yes, from bullshit no, this sites. Is, this is on a legitimate, this is from NewJersey.com, um, and uh, several others are reporting. This is the first one that I pulled up. That Jose Altuve, Robin. Altuve. Can you bring it down so I can read the I'm headline not, for you, please? And Alex Bregman wore devices that buzzed as part of the sign stealing stealing scandal. Say that fast five times. So we we see that the management has been involved. They're punished. Managers have been fired. General manager fired. The Mets fired their manager today. The Red Sox fired their manager. Now they're trying to implicate the players yes. who are part of this whole. Which we were talking about. Yeah. We were wondering. Exactly. You know, like but you got to let this develop. Yep. I mean, you can't. As soon as the story comes out, there's a lot of pieces that fall into place eventually as the investigation and the, the material involved. Now, ESPN's Marley uh, Rivera reports that this, not, this does belong to a member of Beltran's family. Can you scroll it down so the I can account. read it? So the, the, there's, there's an account that. Um, that claims to belong to Carlos Beltran's niece is throwing a pair of his former Astros teammates under the bus. Now, ESPN's Marley Rivera reports that it does not belong to a member of the Beltran family, but that second baseman Jose Altuve and third baseman Alex Bregman wore devices that buzzed on the inside right shoulder. From the hallway video guy. Right. Wow. Now, the content creator who said that this would, you know, because everybody was trying to protect Carlos Beltran because, remember, he was the last manager to fall because the Astros got rid of their manager and their general manager. Then Alex Cora, who was with the Astros, who became the Red Sox manager and won a World Series, he was forced out. And then today, despite people going on all the ESPN shows who work for the Mets, going out there and calling uh, Byers, the relief pitcher, a, a traitor and a snitch because they were trying to have the back of the Mets 
who just hired Carlos Beltran to be their new manager, who's not going to manage a game now. So you got a lot of people having other by protecting their. What would that their, do? What would the buzzer on the? What would that, that do? means that, that that's that was the tip off of where the pitch was going to be. Oh, hello. Okay, so if this is true, it would be another debacle in the biggest scandals in baseball history. Um, there is credibility that belongs to this account, supposedly that belongs to Beltran's niece, which they think is not the case. But whoever it is, there is credibility because of some other things that this particular account broke yeah, I mean, that turned out to be true. Each day that passes, there's going to be more and more on this. Obviously, there's three teams now without a manager. Already mentioned the Astros are already interviewing people. And so now we're going to hear the inside on this because it's not just the old, hey, the guy at second base signals to the, uh, to the batter that uh, you know, it's going to be a pitch inside and low, and then you see the signs. This is, this is like... This is like Star Wars type technology. This is like using satellite technology to figure out what's coming. This is analytics going bananas. This is batshit crazy analytics. Now, supposedly there is video that that supports the fact that he was wearing these devices because Altuve. Now, are you sure this is a legit? Because I'm trusting you, Robin. Because yes, no, I don't are... take stories from the Onion. When I see a story that's breaking news, I want to make sure no, it's, it's a legitimate it's all over. site. It's all over right now. And um, the I'm getting fake news. It's from the Onion. So no, 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 you're no. the one. Look, I am not scanning the baseball wires. In fact, I put the major. I put MLB Network on because at least they have legitimate people on there. Shit goes thrown on the internet all the time, Robin. And sometimes these are just now NJ.com is not a scam site. But there are other scam sites that are on there. People are apologizing every day. Some guy ran with a story the other day that people started running Here's with. Here's with Darren Ravel. Oh, Darren Ravel is a gambling guy now. Oh, okay, well, I mean, I'm just saying Darren Ravel is saying it as well. I, I love Darren Ravel as a gambling guy now. I'm not taking him as an official source. I'm sorry. As much as I okay, like the guy. Me... And now if Ken Rosenthal is reporting it, then I will say that it's a legitimate story, at least a legitimately sourced story. The problem with Twitter is anybody can throw something up there. Some guy, some guy with a random Twitter account who calls himself a baseball expert threw a story up there the other day that people started running with as fact. That's the problem with the Internet. I used to get scammed like this a couple of years ago before I figured out that people were parody accounts without saying they were a parody account. Now I know the parody accounts, and you got to be careful. Well, this part is true, that the account claiming to be Carlos Beltran's niece, is, is, that is breaking this story um so let's see trevor bauer these are other players robin I know, I'm these are these are the other players and as, as as i mentioned if you want to find a million stories about astros players wearing buzzers listen i know a lot of women who go to restaurants and have buzzers yeah, i mean they bring them in their handbags and then they put the buzzers on when they're out on a date alone you know what I'm saying, Robin? This is from See, Robin's not even paying attention. I'm well, throwing out some great comedy, and she's not even getting it. Uh, Fox, Fox Sports Radio is also saying that there's... Never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody's jumping on this yeah, now. Yeah. Buzzers in your pants. Is that a buzzer in your pants? Are you just... Uh, well, how many women don't have buzzing devices in their little handbags? So that when they get a little horned up and they're in a restaurant and they're out trolling for a new guy to meet, they turn that thing on with a remote control in their handbag. You know what I'm saying, Rob? Yes, I know what you're saying. And what's I think, wrong with having? But I think it's the the woman has it on, and the man controls the buzzer, the remote. I think. 
No, that's when you're doing it online. When you have like a female friend or a male friend and you're talking to them long distance and then you can manipulate a, a device that does certain things. Well, while I think isn't there aren't there two devices that either one can manipulate. Yes, then but I'm a, talking about afar. just your basic everyday dollar store type, a little buzz device. You could buy it in a grocery store. You can buy it in a in a. Which I, and I once bought at a dollar store. Exactly. Those are the kinds of devices. And I don't need no stinking buzzer. But some people do. You need it to cheat in baseball now. Mm-hmm. You need it to get, when you're a loser in a, in a game show, you get buzzed out. You can have a buzz kill when you go out and you're thinking you're going to get lucky. And then somebody messes it up and says something stupid and you kill the buzz. You know, you get all horned up, having a couple of cocktails. And then somebody says something I, I or does something do that. that is a buzz kill. There's all kinds of buzzers. You buzz into your building, right? I'm going to buzz you in. How many apartment buildings or places that you go into, and you push the, you know, you push the, uh, the, the name of the person you know uh-huh. on the 16th floor? Yes, yes. I'll buzz you right in. I like buzz words too, Robin. So we got buzzers in pants, buzzers in shoulder pads, buzzers in the scrotum area. Buzzer, I barely kissed her. Hey. <laughs> a buzz cut. Don't buzz me, bro. That's the buzzword of the day, Robin. The buzzword of the day as we wrap up today's broadcast festivities. Watch the buzzer, please. And when you're on the beach, you're on the boardwalk, watch the tram car. When does that start up again? Pretty soon, Robin. Pretty soon. Well, no, it has. I mean, we haven't really had deep winter yet, right? No, it's winter, it's, it's coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Well, we've had a lot of warm weather. People were at the shore last weekend on the boardwalks. It was even today. It was nice out. No, it was cold. You would you go out today, Robin? I did go out. I mean, it was it was the sun. I was had to run four cold. blocks to get the car. It was cold. It's it was nice windy out. and cold, which it's supposed to be because it is the middle of January. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. If global, if if if, the, if climate change means we're going to have weak weather like we had last weekend for the rest of the winter, I'll be the first guy to say, "Welcome climate change." I welcome you. Please stay. Please stay. So, reminder: tomorrow show from one to three, and then again a new special one-hour program starting at four. What time, Tony? Four. So wait, we're going to do a show from one to three, then take an hour break. Mm-hmm. Have a couple of cocktails, yep. sit back, put on a smoking jacket. Uh, and then Darius, because Darius uh, he will be is coming in stu- New York. He's coming yeah. into the wine cellar all the way from New York. Not Buzz Aldrin. And we want, we want people <laughs> to shut the fuck up for 10 seconds. <laughs> and Buzz Aldrin, you buzz him the wrong way, he'll kick your ass. Yes, he will. Uh, that's one of my favorite videos of all time when he dropped that sucker outside of a restaurant in California. That was beautiful. That was Love beautiful. Buzz Aldrin, man. That's great buzz. And not Buzz Lightyear, Robin. Another one of my favorite buzzes. You're not a buzz cut. Did you ever give your kids buzz cuts, Robin, or your son when he was little? No, no. I did. They were, my son had uh, the, the cute little skater's wedge, and then he <laughs> shaved his head in solidarity for one of his friends mm-hmm. that was going through leukemia, which was like shave-shaved. It wasn't a buzz cut. And the best part is many of our listeners are buzzed right about now in the afternoon. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we have a caller. Should we, should we take yeah, let's a take call? A late, let's go into over. Let's take an overtime call and uh, see what's happening out there. It's got to be important if someone's calling in overtime, Robin. 
They're buzzing down to the, uh, they're buzzing up to the replay booth. See, buzz is a really underused word. <laughs> you know, you get, we go to a restaurant now. They give you one of those little boxes with the red lights that go off and it buzzes. What's the matter, Robin? This was a really quick phone call. Yeah, because we we're over time. We are way over time. We may get buzzed later but at Old Man a, Joe's. But uh, Blind Mike has a comment. He was listening to the interview that we did with Jason mm-hmm. Levy, and he wants to comment on that. Is he buzzed right now? He's in. Are you buzzed? <laughs> now, I know you like to have, you, you when you're watching sporting events at night, you like to have a little cocktail, a little brewski and some yes. uh, accoutrement nearby. What is up, Tony? What up? What up? What up? Uh, uh, first of all, shout out to Jose, you know, with a, a great phone call earlier. But I want to comment on the interview. Um, uh, I'm going to thank God. I'm going I'm to uh, make an importance when it comes to concussions because as a blind person, I have dealt with concussions. Um, I, for example, when I drove, uh, when I ran my uh, bike down my dad's hill and ran into a tree on the way to eat some raviolis, okay, it's a major thing. Okay, it's a major thing. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why that I'm half left, okay? <laughs> you know, like, um, I, I don't know. All jokes aside, I mean, it's a major, major thing. Um, no doubt about so, it. So we take it very seriously on the show. Uh, over I, I know, the years, no matter I where I was, I always it's, dealt it's with, of, with brain injuries. Um, and and that, that's the whole thing. And, and, you know, like as a blind person, you know, I, I, I struggle with that, you know, because... I deal, I deal with headaches and all that kind of thing, and I'm wondering if I, I deal with um, those concussions uh, aftermath. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you look at guys like Jim McMahon, okay? Guys like Jim McMahon, um, you know, can't get out of bed sometimes without taking certain pills and, you know, doing what they have to do because they have concussions. You know, they've been beaten up. You know, they, they, get, they get hit in the head too long, and your brain becomes scrambled eggs. Yep, and you're seeing all the younger players who aren't even 30 yet. Mm -hmm. Luke Keekley, the latest, saying, that's it. I got a a life ahead of me. I got kids. I got a family. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Luke Keekley just retired. I'm like, like, and and everybody's like, oh, Luke Keekley retired. It's like, like, dude, I'm not surprised because you know something? These players are getting to know, okay, they're getting to know, like, their bodies, and they're getting to know that the fact that this, like, they want to have their minds. They want to be there for their kids. You know, they want to be able to play ball with their kids. Yep. Do things. Uh, how, how do you think uh, Troy Aikman retired? You know Absolutely. For that reason. Hey, you know yeah, Tony Romo, the same thing. Tony Romo and Troy Aikman yeah. both retired. Yeah. And luckily now we see them every day on TV and on the yeah. radio. That, sure. uh, that, you know, luckily they're still mentally sharp. I mean, Tony Romo's yeah. being offered $15 million to do TV <laughs> commentary. I'll tell you what, though. He needs. He, I, I, I meant to send you a tweet the other night because I was listening to the game, and I haven't listened to. Um, I don't get much uh, because I just got my Direct TV, so I didn't get much cable up here. So, like, I'm listening to the game the other night, and I'm thinking to myself, is he? Uh, uh, what's it called from ACDC? Does he sound like ACDC? Or uh, uh, I felt like saying, like, I felt like tweeting you, like, um, he, he should be. Um, he needs some big low tea. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I hear you. I hear you, Mike. Mike, like, we got to uh, run, though, because it's 3.38. Right, and we will talk right, to you folks. soon, brother. Be careful out Peace. there. Peace. By the way, people are posting pictures 
of Jose Altuve not taking his jersey off during the uh, yes. playoffs. Oh, because yeah. Because he had a buzzer under his uh, jacket, uh, under his uh, uniform. Anyway, this story will continue to develop. We want to thank everybody again today. All the great uh, comments about the family and the grandchild and everything else we talked about. In the meantime, we will be back tomorrow. Two shows. One is going to be two hours. The other one's going to be an hour. Follow us on Twitter at Tony Bruno Show at Miss Robin Austin and on Twitch. They'll notify you when we will be going on live, local, and late breaking. It is the station of the people. Don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. And God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon.